Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly geek news podcast that discusses news from the internet for the past week. This is for the week of September 23rd or 24th, 2017. I said 23rd because, you know, it was supposed to end on the 23rd, so I figured, you know, might as well put the end date on that. Uh, I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. So, uh, yeah, so we made it through. That fictional planet right. didn't happen. They rescheduled um, <laughs> the end of the world. Yeah, it got postponed due to rain. So uh, <laughs> you know, you know what pisses me off is now when some every year now some doomsdayer you know says the world's gonna end. Right. But and then my kids come up and they're like, "Is the world gonna end?" And I have to go, "Uh, no." <laughs> no hold on a second. You just pull out a video of what you said the last time and go watch the video. <laughs> like you know what? I wish it would. <laughs> That's what I should say. <laughs> Well, it's like I told uh, John, I'm like, well, I might as well not do laundry. I mean, if it's going to end on Saturday, fuck's the point. Right? Yeah. I was doing that shit, too. <laughs> so my wife's like, hey, um, do you think you can, you and the kids can clean up the house? I'm like, why bother? <laughs> the fucking world's ended. <laughs> right? She's like, well, I, I want I want the house to be clean when the world ends. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But okay. Yeah, so... Uh... You know, as as we got closer to the uh, to the date, you know, actual like news sites started saying like, no, this shit's not ending. Uh, so Fox News had had a bit of fun with it. Uh, the end is still nigh, just not as nigh as it was earlier this week. A doomsday writer says, uh, Dave, uh-huh. David Mead, who claimed the world is ending Saturday when a mysterious planet collides with Earth, is now backtracking on his calamitous claim 
Meade said the world won't end on this September 23rd after all, but instead Saturday will only mark the beginning of a series of catastrophic events to occur over several weeks. Quote, the world is not ending, but the world as we know it is ending. He told the Washington Post, a major part of the world will not be the same the, the beginning of October. Yeah, because it's going to be fucking autumn. Uh, yeah. Mead said his prediction is based on verses and numerical codes found in the Bible, specifically in the apocalyptic book of Revelation. He said recent events such as solar eclipses and Hurricane Irma and Harvey are omens of the approaching apocalypse. The significant number is 33, according to Mead. Jesus lived for 33 years. The Elohim, which is the name of God for the Jews, was uh, mentioned 33 times in the Bible. He said his very biblical significant numerologically significant number. I'm taking uh, I'm taking astronomy. Shouldn't you have taken it before you made that uh, uh, that claim? Uh, I'm. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm talking. I'm talking the Bible and merging the two. I'm talking the Bible, yo. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking about the Bible, yo. Uh, September twenty third <laughs> is also thirty three days since the August twenty first solar eclipse. Mead has also built his theory on the so called Planet X, which is known as. Uh, Nibiru, I think is how it's pronounced. I don't know. It's fictional, so who cares? Uh, Which he believes will pass Earth on September 23rd. This will cause volcanic eruptions, tsunamis, and earthquakes, he claims. NASA has repeatedly said Planet X does not exist. Mead's prediction has been dismissed by people of faith, including the Roman Catholic and Protestant branches of Christianity. Wow. Uh, It's... Ed Stetzer, a professor and executive director of Wheaton's College Billy Graham Center for um, Evangelism, slammed Mead's story on Friday, calling it fake news, and said Christians uh, and asked Christians to be critical. It's simply fake news, and a lot of Christians believe the world will end on September 23rd. Stetz wrote in Christianity Today. Yet it's still a reminder that we need to think critically about all the news. So, yeah, we're thinking critically. Yeah. And um, because, I mean, you know, like, like even John, uh, John's been talking about this, my brother, uh, for God, a couple months now. Because, like, he, you know, he, I don't know where he follows and what he follows, but he was over there saying, like, you know, was, he was saying that, yeah, they're doing, you know, the side of saying that the world's going to end and he goes, it's pissing him off. And, um, and I was just like, whatever, you know, because it's like, they're always saying the world's going to end. And then he was, it was like, you know, then he said the specific date. And then he's like, yeah. And then they're, he goes, they're showing like, so he's watching videos on YouTube at lunch, like we do, you know. Uh, he's over there like going, yeah. And they're over there saying, yeah, in Australia, they can see the planet. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, if you can see it in Australia that generally means you can see it anywhere else right like he said not only that if you could see if the people of australia right could see this giant planet coming towards us don't you think they would say something well, to the international community well no because you know nasa's trying to cover it up oh yeah that's yeah. right 
and the earth is flat right so we should really all be able exactly to see it. We should, yeah, exactly <laughs> if the earth's flat we should all be able to see it just fine wait a minute if the earth is flat i'm just gonna assume that the other planetary bodies are flat so what's gonna happen when the flat planet hits our flat planet like is it gonna be like two plates hitting and they kind of where they kind of like rotate on each other for a second. Well, I don't like, know. I mean, it's like I'm confused you... at how the pretend physics works because <laughs> we can't use real physics. We have to use the pretend physics. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's getting closer, and like, you know, the he was in. It's funny too because like when when he gets annoyed, he kind of like rants a little bit, and he's like. And then it's saying like, oh yeah, and it's saying like it's in Kazakhstan, and, or they have pictures, quote unquote pictures from like Kazakhstan or like Hawaii. Or I go, really? I go, all these bodies that are outside of the United States. I go, like we wouldn't be able to see it. And he's like, exactly. He goes, and he goes, oh, and it, you know, like, and I, I, I shared an article on my Facebook page that was from, uh, I fucking love science. And the article itself was running it very satirically. Like, you know, NASA's saying this, yeah, like we're to believe them. You know, it's running it like that kind of an article. You know, they go, right. Earth was destroyed in 2000, you know, in 2003, and then again in 2013. So obviously, you know, we're going to be in for it again. And then, you know, and I, I was laughing at the article. And then, at, of course, in the comments, people were calling the article stupid or you know these people need to get a life and and all this stuff and he goes you know the two things i hate is what does he said like fake journalism and 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 bad science and this one guy who apparently and most of the people basically didn't catch the um the satire that was in the uh, article this one guy goes yeah you know what i hate P uh he goes people that can't catch satire <laughs> it was just like come on guys what are you doing but yeah so but all i know is the world hasn't ended no um and then it was funny i i kind of we we're talking about at work and like well he said the world as we know it will end i'm like the world as we know it ends every fucking day right i said so saying that is people say that because they're always going to be right yeah but you know what steve lazy geese prediction the world as we know it will end on December 25th 2017 <laughs> I'm going to give a nice number that everyone's going to know right. you know, so you remember so when you wake up on December 26th the world as you know it will end because you are no longer waiting for Christmas right. um, I'm sure Trump would have done some dumb shit <laughs> changed things around right. so, somebody's talking shit somewhere there's always somebody talking shit somewhere Steve yeah and it's usually us. Yeah, but we're right. That's true. <laughs> That's the main difference here, kids. <laughs> Pay attention. Oh, hey, did you ever see that that uh, video of Bill and I walking into the elevator full of hot chicks? No. Yeah, there was a. Uh, it's on, I shared it on our Twitter on our uh, uh, Twitter, and it was uh, this girl was like, "Oh my God, I, we were Snapchatting in the." Um, Snapchatting in this elevator, and Bill Nye came in and was like cool with it. Like they show in these like hot chicks, like in bikinis and stuff like that. I know it's like a hotel or something like that, and they're like doing some weird shit. Uh, I guess in the reflection of the elevator wall, and then the door opens up. She turns around, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And Bill Nye kind of walks in there, and he just kind of throws up a "Hey," 
and I was like, eh. I was like, fucking Bill Nye, dude, just walks into an elevator room of uh, elevator full of hot chicks and just dominates. Like, <laughs> that's right. Dude, Bill Nye's a pimp. Yeah, he's a total pimp. Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill Nye, the science guy. I used to love that fucking show, dude. <laughs> When was it? it was on weekends, wasn't it? I thought it was. it was on. I thought it was. Wasn't it like? Was it like on a? I, I wanted to say it. Wasn't it like on PBS or something like that, or or like? Uh, I don't remember. I, don't rem- I remember. Can't remember exactly where it was. To the interwebs, <laughs> Bill Nye, the science guy. Quick to the interwebs, Robin. Oh, it just pulls Bill Nye up. Fucking Google fail there. Oh, there you go. Damn, 1993 to 1998. Damn. It ended when, like, my second year of high school. Uh, yeah, PBS. Yeah, I thought it was. Boo. That's why everyone remembers the show, because even the kids who couldn't afford cable were watching this <laughs> shit. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, oh. Because wasn't Be- Beekman's World was the, the, the competition that was on a different channel, I think. Oh, I don't remember. Beekman. I don't remember that one. Fuck. Beekman's world was whack, dude. Because, you know, they were using uh, fake news. <laughs> and it was on at the same fucking time. Yeah, you know what's funny? Is everyone said, I gotta give credit. Everyone says Beekman's world copied Bill Nye. Beekman's world was on a year before. Nah. So, it was on... Yeah, Bill Nye is the, is the, uh, is the Steve Jobs of science right he stole other people's ideas and made it cooler yeah he knew how to market it <laughs> right it was on cbs actually hmm. and the cw but i i it wasn't called the cw back then uh called upn back then wasn't it uh, no. no that's that's channel it was the wb yeah the wb yeah somebody say, say. <laughs> <laughs> and and this show was on for oh no the syndic original network syndication 1992 1990 cbs 93 to 98 it ended and started about the same time <laughs> i think there was a plan that's that's how was on, advanced it was it ended before it ended and began it was also played on tlc i didn't like it because he he didn't he acted Beekman's world that he acted really zany mm-hmm. and even as a kid I was like I don't trust any information he's saying because he's acting like an idiot yeah. because in order for you know. kids to, to learn you've got to be zany yeah because it was the 90s right you know everything has to be over the top yeah. you know no no sir <laughs> no sir I will not follow that so what did you forget so, to turn on <laughs> Okay, so I told Steve this already. I was um, <laughs> I was doing regular maintenance on my computer. And that always starts with me kind of doing a, a light benchmark just to make sure everything's working properly and stuff like that. Um, and I, I looked and at the RAM and end, the RAM. And usually it ends with, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. I looked at the RAM and it said it was running at peak 2100 megahertz. And I'm all, 2100 megahertz. And I kind of stuck. It's one of those where you lean back in your chair and look up. Like, hmm. that should be important to me somehow. <laughs> and I go, no, wait a minute. When I switch to the new Skylake, well, it's not new anymore, but the new Skylake i7, I bought DDR4 3000 RAM. So I'm like, what the fuck? 
So I, I went to the bio, sure enough, I forgot you had to turn that on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I turned it on um, and my computer feels like it's brand new. Like it wasn't slow before, but it's still, it's, it's enough where you can notice. Like things mm. are just popping up, right. you know, no issues. Because I have an SSD um, and that's going to be affected by RAM. Everything's affected by the fucking RAM. So it, it's like I, I went crazy with fucking RAM. I was, it was like I was telling my friend because he's like, oh yeah, I have uh, what does he have? has some like thirty two gigs of fucking RAM or something in his computer, but he bought the cheapest RAM possible. So it's running like and a I'm sixteen, like, <laughs> right? And I'm like, the speed of your RAM is more important than how much of it you have. And he's like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, well we'll go with that. <laughs> I'm not wrong, motherfucker. <laughs> so. Uh, 32 gigs um, so now it's running like it's <laughs> like oh it runs like it runs well when you have um 512 megabytes of uh, hard drive space right <laughs> like god damn it um don't make me get bill nye <laughs> <laughs> so i also want to talk about this thing and and all right first of all i'm not going to sit here and be like i'm leaving facebook that's dumb this is i don't want attention fuck off <laughs> But I did notice, so and I know I know that I'm not the only person where where you're going through your feed, and it's just scroll after scroll. And then every once in a while you go, oh, and then you care about that one little thing. It's from your friend or a family member. Then you go back to scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I realize I'm like, I don't want to keep scrolling through. Why why am I following all this shit if I don't care about it? So I go and I look, and I got like 425 people and other shit that I'm following. I'm like, fuck. So I found this extension for Chrome called Nudge. Now, its main purpose is to annoy you. So if you're you're on a page for too long, let's say YouTube or whatever, it will give you a pop-up and say you've been on here for 20 minutes or whatever, which is cool for people who are trying to do their homework and getting distracted, but I'm not... I'm a fucking grown man. If I, if I want to spend three hours on YouTube, I'm going to spend three hours on YouTube. That's just the way that's going to work. America. Right. However... It does have a nifty feature that when you go to Facebook and it's activated, it says, do you want to unfollow everyone <laughs> or everything? And it's not unfriend. It's just unfollow. Right. So you, they will no longer be in your news. So I said, sure. So it automatically unfollowed everything. And then I went back in and followed the few people I give a fuck about. And then now I'm following like seven people. My news feed's nice and clean. The only thing I'm trying to figure out is how to get rid of the your friend like this oh, your yeah, friend like that and i'm like Fuck. that's part i of don't Facebook care there, yeah right so there's another app called social fixer which allows you to filter a lot of stuff so i filtered out um suggestion posts so anything that's suggested is gone i filtered um i filtered out videos you know because fucking facebook with the you might like this video shit mm-hmm. filtered that out but i can't figure out how to filter out the your friend like this crap mm. and I just don't care at all <laughs> like if, it, if it's cool enough and my friend is cool with me he'll share it with me right. like Steve sees something he thinks I might like he's gonna share it to me he's not gonna that fucking high class D&D table oh man that was sexy <laughs> as fuck <laughs> you know he and that's that's kind of the point I'm making here is that if you're if you're actual friends with someone, they will know you well enough to know that you care about a particular thing, and you will know about it. 
You know, it's it's not like it's going to be, oh, shit, I'm never going to see something. Because right. the majority of it, it's either people I used to work with that I don't dislike, but I have no reason to communicate with them anymore. It's not like we're best friends. Right. You know, we're just, we're cool at work. Or it's like fucking companies and shit like that. Just Facebook's become So that's what I did. Because I actually, I actually was debating, should I just delete my Facebook? Because I don't even use it. You know, I'm just like whatever, and I'm like, no, let's not, let's not be melodramatic here. You know, especially be, since I use it. People that post, I'm gonna leave Facebook for a while. I just, I just need to focus on me. Yeah, see, I, I don't. That's stupid. If I want to focus on me, I'll focus on me. I don't know. I need to know about it. Um, and I don't know why Facebook gets in the way of that too. I think some people are just crazy. Well, just some people, just like you know, they're too busy thinking about everybody else and listening to what everybody else is saying. It's like, no. Is like you know, like you know, people ask me, "Oh, did you see that?" I was like, "No," because I don't care. So I just zip right. right past it. You know, I just don't give a shit. Yeah. Oh, is she hot? Okay, no, it's not even a right. girl. Okay, well then I don't care. <laughs> it's another thing. If if there is a hot chick out there that Steve sees, he will share mm-hmm. it. I will know about it. So, you're nothing wrong. <laughs> I ain't gonna miss nothing. Especially when it's a, yeah, but- a hot chick cosplaying Star Trek. Especially oh yeah! If she looks oh yeah! Like, especially if she looks like Crusher. <laughs> yes, please, please share that with me immediately. <laughs> so now my feed is is super clean. I actually I fixed that problem. By the way, I found the filter. It's in that social fixer thing. So the only thing is, is the social fixer is a, is an extension that filters Facebook. It's 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 on top of Facebook. It's you, you can't do it. In, it can't change Facebook. You know. So it doesn't work on my phone, but I, I think I'm just gonna delete the app from my phone because I don't really use it on my phone. I just use Messenger, you know. So it's whatever. The only time I ever check Facebook is when I'm at home. Right. I got better things to do. The only social network I ever open on my phone is Twitter, and I just recently cleaned that up too. Because <laughs> I use I use Twitter to follow, and Steve and I were talking about this. I, I follow like gaming news sites or some NASA stuff like stuff I'm actually interested in right and then I and that one the the posts are short enough where you can just keep scrolling and I read fast enough where I'll see everything that's there and then if it interests me I can stop yeah. you know it's Facebook's become a meme dump that's all it is now just constant fucking memes <laughs> I was telling Steve that too I was like look no one individual sends me too many. Steve sends me memes. He does not send me too many. And I appreciate the comedy. Everybody likes to laugh. There's nothing wrong with that. Or the sexy. Steve's the only one that sends me chick. Because that's the understanding that we have. Okay. But when you have five friends that love to send memes all the time, it gets to be a little much. And then, and then there's overlap where you have, like, you've seen the same meme three times that day. So it's like, oh my god! <laughs> I stopped responding. I don't know. You might have noticed, Steve. But sometimes now, like I always felt like I have to. When a friend hits me up, I always feel like I have to say something. You know, not be a dick. I'll say LOL or ha ha ha. But if I'm at work now, if I'm busy, I just look at it and go, oh, it's just a beep, and I put the phone down. <laughs> and only one person, a buddy of mine, who shall remain nameless, he said. Um, he said, oh, you're not responding to those memes. You don't think they're funny? And I'm like, no, not really. But you can keep sending them. I mean, if it makes you happy. I don't think Steve gives a fuck. <laughs> nah, I just send them. 
<laughs> yeah. And I'll still laugh at him and shit, because I don't have fucking time to, you know. Right. I'm busy. I'm a busy man. Busy man. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's keep it moving. We're, putting, <laughs> we're dawdling in the uh, random round table a little too long. So this fucking iPhone I put on the show. So I do not hate the new iPhone. I don't care about it, but I don't hate it. But here's a big issue. So the new iPhone drops, right? Um, and people are talking about it, talking about it, talking. I haven't, no one in my office has, they don't have an eight, right? But they, they're talking about it, all the iPhone people. And now all of a sudden, I'm public enemy number one. I happen to be one of two people in my office of like 80 people that has a Samsung 8 which is kind of weird to me because it's a very popular I see people with the phone all the time but just for whatever reason my office of 80 roughly 80 people none of them have there's a lot of iPhones in there and then there's just people with other Android um they're like oh that's the phone you decided to get I'm like slow down there Sparky okay your phone just dropped so I want you to calm down I said, and second of all, I don't give a fuck about your fucking ex and all that bullshit. Get whatever you want to get. But no, they want to argue with me and tell me, why is your phone better than the iPhone? And I'm like, I don't have time to tell you. <laughs> He's like, why? Because your explanation be too long? I'm like, no, it would take about 10 seconds, but you wouldn't believe me. Right. So it doesn't really fucking matter. I'm like, just buy the phone you want to buy and be cool. So we got two people in there who make less money than me who are saying they're going to get an iPhone X. I'm like, do you need an iPhone X? Right. Like, he's like, did you need a Samsung 8? I'm like, point taken. But I was in an interesting situation where I didn't pay for mine. If I had to pay for mine, I'd have that fucking budget boost mobile phone. You best believe (laughs) shit. I was like, but there's these people, they they trying to spend a rent check on this new iPhone because they know, and and I I made a point to someone and they kind of looked like they were like, fuck. Because I go, you're buying the iPhone X not because you want it. It's because you know other people will envy. I said, and that's kind of sad. Yeah. I was like, you're because he is something he said that alluded. I just did just assume he's like, oh, you know, that's the that's the status symbol. That's the one to get. You know, blah blah blah. And I'm like, so you're basically spending your own money to please everybody else. Yeah. I'm like, you can keep on trucking because that ain't me. <laughs> I spend my money for me, bro. You know. So. But that's it. That's the, those are the random random roundtable things that I wanted to discuss today. Steve, what news from our lovely Lazy Geeks brand do you have to share? Well, uh, first of all, next Sunday when we record the next show, seven years, dude. Fucking it. It's eight. our seventh year anniversary. How has it been seven? seven? That's my well, question. Well, chronologically, I mean, it fits. You know, we started 2010. It's gonna be 2017. Yeah, so, I, I understand basic math. I'm just <laughs> saying, it, it doesn't feel like it's been seven. Yeah, that's because I was when it feels like it's been twenty. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> well, it's because it was funny because when I was recording the other show, I was talking to Patrick about it. Who's if you guys longtime listeners or have listened to our back catalog, you have heard him on some of the early shows that we had. Um, and he was like seven years. He goes shit I remember when we recorded it um, on the dining room table you know Mm -hmm. I go yep and you go yeah I go um, seven years ago and then he asked me the same question I'm like you know it it does and it doesn't feel like it's been that long 
you know like when you think about like it, it does when you think about it it does right because then you start remembering when it all started and stuff like that but a, a passing glance it's, it's such a normal part of my life now right that i don't even think about the beginning or the end it's just the thing i do. yeah it's just like oh we got the show on sunday it's like right. you know a, and i even took a break in the middle there i, I can't yeah. remember how long it was it was like a couple like a couple months i think yeah, yeah. oh it wasn't that long yeah but uh but yeah you know it's like and so yeah it's just like one of those things where it's just like you know damn (laughs) so so next month we start our seventh year anniversary month of october because that's when the site launched and the facebook page launched and the podcast launched um and with that um adam and i are doing a new way of recording the podcast we are attempting to record the podcast individually so we can have a better quality recording for you guys you guys may have heard that in the um, the last several episodes um the big issue that we're running into is simply time when we we do these shows on sunday night so by the time we finish you know it's you know 10 30 11 sometimes depending on the show 11 30 uh, and uh you know i feel like that's gonna be tonight <laughs> um and uh but at the same time you know he has to upload his um, his side of the podcast, which the longer they get, the long, you know, obviously the more uh, more information's got to be sent. So it takes longer for it to come here, and you know, in the upcoming month, by the time he gets, it's like one. Yeah, by the time it loads, like last last week, it was over an hour that it took for right. for that to load. And then, in 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 hopes to make it faster, I'll upload just the main first, right? And then that causes an issue like last week where I forgot to upload the second one. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, so um and you know, in in my hopes to again be you know, be back in the work environment, um, I can't stay up till two in the morning, you know, receiving right. the show, editing it, and then, you know, hoping to, you know, start work on Monday. I mean you were lucky in the last cup where you had uh Sunday, Monday right. off, but right. that's a rare thing to have that sweet of a fucking schedule. Yeah, I know. So um, in that event, uh, starting October, we're going to change the release date of the main show, which has kind of been back and forth over the seven years, you know, Monday, Tuesday kind of stuff. So we are going to be in, in the sake of that and our own sanity. We're going to start releasing the shows on Tuesday um, and that will start next week. Um, uh, this week, it'll obviously be out today, you know, all things considered or hoping uh so that that's what's going to happen next week then the other show will still be available on friday but it's just the main show will be available on tuesdays um just so we can you know do it on our end and you know until adam gets you know better internet uh you know probably going to be which might be happening sooner than later because uh my wife is already in talk about it a house that we might be moving into nice um in a few months so i i basically i because she's like well you haven't looked at it i'm like babe are you gonna be in it and she's like yeah and i go then i love it (laughs) and she's like oh and i go but truth be told i don't fucking care (laughs) there's a place for my desk to go is is there a roof and there's a place for my bed to go roof is there a door that i can shut right i'm good I go. I, I told her. I said, "Can I get Cox's cable <laughs> over there?" 
Exactly. What's the internet situation? That's what I need to know. He's like earlier today. I, uh, I so I I because I was I was I always give Adam shit like with you know my because you know, I have time or spectrum right now. So I always do it because I know it's just like in it not so that it it irritates him, but the, the fact of like, fuck. I want those speeds. I want to have those speeds. I will have those speeds. Why can't I have those speeds? And uh, which honestly though, it that did happen. But you've done it so much right. now that I don't even care. I'm just like whatever. But he was like, you know? he was saying that like you know, I told my wife, you know, I don't care when when we move, we're getting the fastest, you know. Cable we Bro, I'll drop a T1 line and, in that motherfucker. I don't give a shit, dude. And she's responsible. Is, or her response was like, yes, I know. And I'm like, yeah, that's like divorce level shit. Like, <laughs> if, oh, no, it's 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 on. Like, I have everything. I have my entire home network mapped out <laughs> for the house I don't have yet. Because I, I was telling Steve today, I was like, everything that has an Ethernet cable, I want it plugged in. Yeah. That's TVs. That's game consoles, computers, everything. No Wi-Fi. And the Wi-Fi will be for the laptops and the mobile devices. That's it. They can fight for fucking signal. Right. Um, so I'm going to get a switch, connect that to my router, a gigabit switch, have everything. To, and I, ha- I have it already know how I'm going to – I, I want to put it like the switch and have it w- with the rich people do where they have it like mounted in a closet and oh, shit. Oh, right, yeah. You know, and all that stuff. And then, and then hooked up to that, I want to have a data server where all our all our pictures and video and everything is just there and accessible through everything that's on the network bam there you go i'll keep pouring on my local machine (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that um that's happening okay and also i wanted to say something real quick about the whole start of the podcast i remember in the beginning it was sort of my idea what was your idea to have a podcast no it was your idea yeah, and I named it too, the Lazy Geeks. That's my claim to fame, really, because <laughs> I named it. But I do want to point out and just put this on record that if it wasn't for Steve, this podcast would not have lasted seven months because I have a tendency to get bored or distracted or just scatterbrained. <laughs> Steve has been the number one workhorse for this fucking podcast. I literally am the talent for lack of a better term you know i mean i come with ideas and shit sometimes whatever but i just want to make sure everybody know that all that editing magic all that fucking posting it up on the thing and pretty much the entire website <laughs> steven Vargas. steven Vargas incorporated okay although i do i don't know i've been thinking and i was going to talk to you about it but i might as well say it here so i have my personal blog right mm-hmm. um and i'm kind of like oh maybe Maybe I just want a personal blog and not have it pigeonholed into parenting mm-hmm. because I, I am running into the thing my wife said. I don't have much to talk about right? because I'm like, yes, I do spend a lot of time with my kids, but we don't do a, a variety of different things, you know? So maybe I just want a personal blog, but then I'm like, well, maybe there's a way to blend that or put that on the main site. Hmm. And I'm like, well, depend. You, well, I, I mean, within you know, depending on what, you know. I mean, I'm assuming most of the stuff you're going to talk about is pretty much what you would talk about on the show anyway. Yeah, video games, Dungeons and Dragons, and yeah. bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. So that farm bitches. That's what, that's. Uh, so that's my mate. My idea. Steve and I will talk 
off the bike. Well, one of the things that I was stuff. going to make a change in regards to, you know, the Lazy Gig site as well. And, and most of you know that I have my other, like, blog where, you know, the Middle Age Geek. And uh, that's where I have the podcast for um, uh, the Extended Play Movie Podcast. And I've kind of been running into that issue of you know writing everything for the main site and then like well what do i write for the other one instead of just posting the blog uh posting the podcast and i started kind of twisting things around and started looking like well you know what i can just simply post news you know just news could be short you know just news stripped down to like this is what it is and take out a lot of life kind of go in back to where we're just like you know we report geek news but without the fanboy part and just kind of keep right. it basic and then you know shorter news and then you know we use it on the podcast we can use it on the podcast but then if i go into like my middle age geek if i have something more to say about a specific topic then that's where i'll do it you know a little more opinion and um and 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 with with news so you know so i already got a couple of things out there that i did and video like i posted the um the qualcomm commercial um, up there and it's just just stuff that you know tickles me i'll just put on there and just kind of differentiate and put more of my style on that other one and this one just kind of keep news you know news or um keep like a news orientation and then you know when we use it for the podcast because we do because one of the big things that i know that we do when we uh talk about stories and stuff is simply because it's simply we like oh well this is just a person's opinion fuck it and i kind of want to take that out of it um, I do that in the middle of reading. Yeah, you know. I go, eh, don't need to read that. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, so this would be just like, these are the facts. And so starting, to, well, the day of this podcast airs today, um, Monday, you're going to start noticing a difference in the story where we're just going to say, I'm just going to start listing just the things that are facts, you know, and, and very little commentary. We'll save that for the show. And um, and if I have anything more to say about some stuff, like one of the posts that's coming out on Monday for um, the Middle Age Geek is um, uh, the guy that's directing Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, tweeted saying, Disney, please put out, um, p- please release the original Star Wars Unaltered Trilogy on Blu-ray. I've loved this movie since I was 12 this uh you know make this happen right and so i kind of went into the whole you know i kind of took that and kind of had an idea of something to discuss and i, I kind of did that in long form you know and put that out there so yeah so that's 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 some of the other ch- things you're going to change you're going to see change so yeah that's uh that's pretty much it as we enter our seventh fucking year so and Patrick asked. Seven. Patrick asked, also asked me. He's like, "Did you think it would go seven years?" I'm like, "I didn't think it'd go one." <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was it was off to a rocky start. Yeah. I would say the first couple years, because I mean, the first, of course, the first few months are great. You know, everything's fucking. This is really keen. You know, right. we were both also unemployed and had a bunch of free time. Right. And then um, life starts happening and moving and and i moved to another state all kinds of shit happened and there were a couple moments where um we didn't know how we would keep doing it like i know there were a couple moments for me where i was just like really busy and i was living over here and i'm like how the fuck am i gonna keep doing this? like this doesn't make any sense you know but of course when there's a will there's a way you know if you want to do something you'll do it unfortunately you know, unfortunately so, on both our ends you know we've had um people that have you know been understanding what we're doing 
and um, supportive in what we're doing. Yeah. You know, because if my wife wasn't supportive, this would not happen. <laughs> I just wouldn't have the time. Well, yeah. I mean, she's she completely designs the layout of our apartment to make sure my desk ha- is in a room that I can close and lock. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, on, on my end, you know, I record this, you know, out of my house and, you know, my brother's been very supportive of, you know, making sure, okay, you know, you have your spot. I'm going to be, you know, here doing this, but, you know, trying to make sure, okay, I'm not going to fuck with anything while you're there or, you know, and my ex-girlfriends that I've had have always been very supportive of the show and knew that Sunday nights was, you know, that was, that was your night. It's us time, Steve. Exactly. It's us time. So yeah so off to year number seven and we'll see where that goes goes from there because it's already been a it was a crazy year six so we'll see what happens right. in year seven so with that i think it's time we uh get into our one awesome thing so my one awesome thing this week was just really cool and it was really nice to see so i'm gonna just read the article straight from the site uh lizardgeeks.com uh, director Matthew Vaughn had done some awesome comic book adaptations in his career. Kick-Ass, X-Men First Class, and Kingsman The Secret Service. So it would seem that Warner Brothers discussing the ability to direct a uh, Man of Steel sequel with him makes sense. He would be looking to make Superman lighter and a more inspirational character. Quote, weirdly, if I did super, if I did do Superman and I made the, the mistake of telling someone yesterday I have spoken about it and then uh, wallop he laughs. Yeah, I think my main take would be, it's really boring, but make Superman a, a make, uh, but make a Superman film. Vaughn said in an interview with Collider, I just don't feel a proper Superman. I think, I think Donner did it to perfection, and that uh, for the for that time, just doing a modern. I want to do a modern version of Donner's Superman. Go back to the source material. For me, Superman is color, feel-good, heroic. He's a beacon of light in darkness, and that's what I think Superman should be. And in our recent podcast on the Cheap Seats, we discussed last month Man of Steel, and this Friday and this last week we just released uh, Batman v Superman, and it matches our and it and our opinions match. Superman is not meant to be darker, brooding character like Batman. Superman is by design to be a ray of hope in a world of darkness. Seeing Superman uh, being brought down in BVS was depressing, but even in the Rebirth world, Superman is still who he wa- who he always been. It would be nice to see Superman be Superman, not this jaded sense of the pub uh, that the public think they want. They all wanted him to be darker and make sense in the quote-unquote new world, but it doesn't work. He doesn't have to be campy. We just need that Richard Donner version of Superman for this new age. I mean, I I agree. I mean, I I don't... Superman is one of those characters that uh, I don't like when they make a dark version of. You know, even... and, And I think the perfect example of doing it right is Red Sun. Yeah where that could have easily been a dark version but it was he was still superman he was just in a different aspect of earth at that time mm-hmm. you know and um, that that that's what people kind of miss he's not superman because he's probably, he's 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 just a good dude right like he he's just and like captain america he's yeah. they're good characters no even without the powers the, yeah there's no malintent exactly. in there it's, they just want to help right you know, and it's it's um when you lose that focus on the character, it, it gets 
it's not the character. Yeah. And when we, you know, when you're we just talked like, about it earlier, you know, we talked about how Richard Donner's Superman was great for that time, and that's kind of what we need now. We need a Superman that's great for this time. Yeah. So my one awesome thing. So they just released a video. It's like eight minutes long, six or eight minutes, and it was Doom, um, the new Doom, <laughs> uh, playing on the Switch. And they actually, probably just to show off, they had it playing on the Switch Switch, not the Switch connected to um, the television. <laughs> and um, first we'll get the some of the quote-unquote negatives out of the way, but it is running at 720p, um, and the textures are um, scaled down a bit. It still looks good, especially on the smaller screen, but the, the key here is that it's still running super fast. And for those who don't know, Doom is an incredibly fast game. Um, so if, if you're suffering with frame rates, you will notice. Uh, I've heard that it's going to be running at 30 frames per second, which is serviceable, um, especially on a small screen. But I, don't, I haven't confirmed that, though. But the main point is, is something I was talking to Steve about. So this is a mature mature rated game to the max mature. I mean, you, you're, you're fighting demonic hordes, and it's bloody, and you're ripping heads off, and all kinds of it's crazy totally shit. It's totally mature mature so mature i feel nintendo is doing this to test the waters i mean a little sly with um, it. you know what i mean like they're they're putting more games that have a mature or at least teen like uh skyrim um doom there was there was another game too i can't remember fucking, it right now uh, but it, la noir coming out for the switch la noir thank you la noir coming out that's definitely mature um and it's it seems to me that they're going okay let's put these ports on and let's see how people react because nintendo yeah okay we've been yelling at nintendo for years put normal like games like the other consoles have too you gotta embrace the third parties blah 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 blah. but nintendo's right to be timid i mean they 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 could alienate their fan base like there there are people who are fans of nintendo because they have they only have kid family friendly games um but that would be exactly the reason why they're not shouting from the rooftops that these games are coming to the console people who are gamers will know like ign reports it and stuff like that but you don't see a big walmart banner saying doom for switch you know what i mean like it because it's just it's not nintendo that would be cool um doom for switch (laughs) for switch and that little click noise (laughs) i want to see that commercial i want to see the little beginning where it slides into place it goes and then all of a sudden it's all like oh shit and then at the very at the very end it's doom for switch (laughs) (laughs) um and i think it's intelligent for them to do and i'm excited to see um and it it has me just with those three games alone with doom um ellie noir and skyrim i'm kind of it's got me really wanting to switch i love skyrim like i'll always play skyrim everyone i always go back to it sometime um ellie noir would love to play through that again and doom is fun as fuck so now i mean and i like the family friendly games too don't get me wrong a little mario kart set you right <laughs> but having some of those more adult games on there is, is something that like oh and it's portable too i mean shit yeah. you know what i mean like of course i want it now um and he played it two ways so he 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 never showed his face it, it was it was great how they did the video too because it wasn't 
it, it wasn't the whole screen. They were videotaping the Switch. Like, the Switch playing. Right. So it was legit, basically. So there wasn't any trickery going on. Um, he played it first with the... What do they call their little controllers Joystick, again? I the forget. Joy-Cons. Joy-Cons. Yeah. He played it with the Joy-Cons connected to the thing like a handheld. So he's just holding it. And then it, it kind of jump cut to it propped up on the table. And you could only... The Joy-Cons were still locked in. So you could only assume he was using the Pro Controller. Although they didn't uh, show that. Perfectly. No lag. Everything was legit. It looked good. Um, and I'm, I'm very interested to see L.A. Noir run. And L.A. Noir is a bit of an older game, too. So I don't, I don't see it having an issue with that. I think the biggest issue they have with ports to the Switch is fitting them on the, the cartridge. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that might... I honestly think, because the texture quality of Doom went down a bit. I mean, you can notice it if you zoom in. Like, I've watched, um, I've watched uh, side-by-side comparisons... And yes, the Xbox One and the and the PS4 is is noticeably better, um, but I, I have a feeling that that scale down is is less about the graphic power and more about the size of the actual game on that cartridge, because I don't know how big that cartridge can hold. Yeah, I mean, so it, it does make perfect. It does make sense, and you got to also take into account the the cartridge size, because that's that kind of a thing with like Ellie Noir. That's a huge game. It was fucking yeah. huge just for the PS3 and the Xbox 360. So the fact that you know they're going into the Switch and making it on a cartridge—that's it's a little. That was one of those games that you would install because back then you had a choice yeah. if you wanted to install games on the console or not. You would install that, yeah. or you'd be sitting at a load screen for fucking ten minutes <laughs> and like, kick your feet up. All right, I'm gonna go and load up uh, Ellie Noir, and I'm gonna go down to the corner to uh, Mickey D's get some. And if it's slow, I'll still you'll still come back in time, and they'll still be just finishing the load. <laughs> right. I might swing by the bookstore real quick, see what I can pick up. And then by the time I get back, I'll only have to wait like ten minutes. I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go over to the comic store. So by the time I come back, it should be hopefully almost done. <laughs> hey, can I? Can we get Red Dead Redemption on the Switch though? For real? Oh, I don't know. There's a there's, like, a, there's that would be there's dope. an announcement coming from uh, Rockstar and Red Dead Redemption coming this week. So. Well, they're, they're supposed to give more details. There's a lot of announcements coming from different companies that I'm excited about right now. BlizzCon's coming up, too. And I, and they, I guess they have some announcement on Diablo, the Diablo franchise. Yeah, it would just be, rumor, just be, yeah, we're going to do this sometime. You're right. <laughs> rumor has it Diablo 4. But nah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get, you know, because it's. The, the the time gap between Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 was pretty fucking significant. Right. So, but um, that's another game I would love. If they put that on the Switch, I'd go buy one tomorrow. <laughs> like, if they had Diablo 3 on the Switch, and they could do it, because Diablo 3 is not graphically intensive. It is CPU. I mean, it uses a bit more CPU. But they have it on the Xbox One and the PS4. Mm. And it's kind of rekindled that game a bit um, for console games and stuff. And I've played it on the console. It, it's It's weird. Because I've been playing Diablo on a PC since like 1995, <laughs> right? And you're pointing and clicking, and now you're you're. It, it feels weird because the the way Diablo is is isometric view, and you click where you want to go and what you want your character to hit. When you're on the console, it's you feel like you're controlling the character more, like you are the character now, like that kind of shit. And it's it's just I don't know. It's like this weird existential thing that I was going through. <laughs> you are the character. 
My switch. Ah. <laughs> My switch. <laughs> you will destroy the demonic hordes. With your switch. <laughs> switch to heaven with Diablo 3. Um, or let's do, they're doing that Diablo 2 remaster. Put that shit on the switch. Oh, it's done. <laughs> I'll never leave my fucking house. I'll just be like, oh, shit. Diablo anyway, remastered we, on the switch. <laughs> <laughs> on switch. <laughs> uh, all right. So our main topic this week, we'll be reviewing the uh, new Seth MacFarlane series, The Orville. But before that, let's talk about the headlines. So in entertainment news this week, last year's cool but misleading CW crossover series, uh, after last year's cool but misleading uh, CW offer series, this year everything is going to be bigger than last year. CW and Warner Brothers announced on Friday that the title for the new four-episode crossover event, Crisis on Earth X. Unlike last year's Christ, uh, unlike last year, Crisis on Earth X will take place over two nights, and this will allow for a two-hour, two-night binge fest. It begins on Monday, November 27th, and concludes on Tuesday, November 28th. The crossover is officially described as with all the heroes in town to celebrate Barry and I, um, Iris's wedding. Villains from Earth X crash the festivities with a deadly agenda. In commemoration of the crossover event, they commissioned legendary artist, comic artist Phil Jimenez, to create a new, uh, to create a comic book style artwork for the event. And it's cool because it looks like um, something from old like Justice League of America com- um, yeah. cover. Uh, quote: We conceive this year's crossover to be uh, evocative, uh, um, invocative of the annual Justice League slash Justice Society crossovers we grew up with and look forward to as kids. Executive producer Mark Guggenheim and Andrew Kreisberg said, "Phil was the perfect choice to bring the comic book it, um, iteration of this idea to life." You can count on one hand the number of artists who will who uh, could compellingly represent so many characters in a single image. Phil is one of them, and his designs invokes the cover of Justice League 207, which was the 20th annual Justice or JLA vers, uh, slash JSA crossover. Our 10-year-old selves are in heaven. The Twitterverse has gone crazy in the teases about the crossover event. Stephen Amell even took to Twitter uh, to tease his followers, noting that they are in day three of filming the crossover event. Last year was a was a letdown given that Supergirl was teased as part of the crossover event. Unfortunately, episode only involved a couple of minutes at the end. It was reported that the crossover event last year that the Arrowverse team had no firm decision if uh, Supergirl was moving over to the CW. Hopefully this year they will make it uh, right with fans. The show, the shows are set to return to the network on the week of October 9th, kicking off with Supergirl at 8 p.m. that Monday. Tuesday, October 10th, we'll see the fourth season premiere of The Flash, followed by season three premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. Finally, Arrow shifts to its new date and time and will pr- premiere its sixth ep- um, season on Thursday, October 12th at 9 p.m. I was watching, um, well, my kids were watching Glee today, and um, I saw Supergirl on yeah. there. I was like, what? Yeah, she, <laughs> I didn't know she was well, on Well, that's there. why they did the, uh, that's why they got the, the, the musical crossover was because her and The Flash were both on Glee, and the guy that played Music Meister. 
music meister. <laughs> I love that they put him in there. Um, but yeah, the I always like when they do crossovers. Like I know some, a lot of people say, "Oh, they're overdone." I'm like, ah, I don't care. No, it, it's it's that comic feel because you and I grew up with comics, yeah. so it's like when you have batman showing up in a in a flash comic or you know somebody else you're like oh cool you know it's it's batman or you know wonder woman pops and in. i always loved when they did it in comics and they didn't tell you what was going to happen oh, yeah so like you'd have like if it was flash and batman flash would be like i can't figure this out then maybe i can help in the next <laughs> panel fucking batman like oh shit well, it was like, you know, was, freak you it out. Was like early on when they did the rebirth and superman was fighting that new version of doomsday and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, fucking Wonder Woman shows up. You know, and you're yeah. just like, oh, shit. I didn't know she was in this. Cool. You know, but yeah, it's always cool. When, or like, yeah, well, maybe somebody else knows. And then you see like the outside, you see like, uh, you know, Wayne Enterprises. And you're just like, oh, shit. He's going to go see Batman. You know, <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> Freaking it's out. Gonna be an, it's going to be a fit. Free off. You know, <laughs> they're going to fucking beat the <laughs> shit out of each other. Why? That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. You're all foaming in the mouth. <laughs> He's to go to a seizure right down the floor. <laughs> so, I I just yesterday saw the first Kingsman movie, um, <laughs> and it's funny because I didn't even know it existed until the second one was t- being talked about. <laughs> I have no idea how I missed I it. I saw, it, was I saw great. it when it came out. As it was one of those where I was like, "Oh, I gotta go watch it." So I watched it in theaters, and uh, I totally dug it. Well, surprised, by, surprised by the ending thing. I'll let you do me in the bum. <laughs> oh. You know what's funny is um, when I, I didn't have that part in what I was watching. Oh, really? Like, they edited it. Yeah. Oh. And then I saw it in a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> uh, so that was kind of interesting. But um, be that as it may. Um, Matthew Vaughn, director of Kingsman the Golden Circle has spoken about her, her, his disappointment in the film's trailers, which include a major spoiler from the film. So I do let you know, because IGN's let me know, um, if you haven't seen the Kingsman 2 trailers, I'm going to spoil something that's spoiled in the trailers. So if you don't want to hear it, fuck off for a couple minutes. Um, trailers revealed that Colin Firth's, Car- Colin Firth's Harry Hart, who seemed to have died in the course of the first film, will return in the sequel. Speaking to IGN, Vaughn was forthright about his feelings on that particular promotional choice. Quote, well, I'm not in charge of marketing. The the thinking about that was stupidly... The thinking about that was stupidly, to be blunt. I begged the studio not to reveal it because it's the whole driving force of the first act. And if you didn't know that scene, it would have made the whole audience gasp. So you have to ask the lovely marketing guys because I think their job is to open... The movie and don't really care about the experience of the movie. Um, it seems Vaughn won't let this mistake happen again, indicating he hopes to take control of trailers in the future. There's a great expression someone said to me, the storyteller should be the story seller, and I'm going to try and do that next time. So yeah, I, I did, and it's funny, because before I even read about this, I saw the trailers for Kingsman 2, and then Colin first right there, right. and I go, 
wait a minute. And I even thought that too. I'm like, why would they reveal that fucking trailer? Yeah, I was a bit bummed by that. I was like going, oh, man. Because he was my favorite character from the first oh, dude, he fucking First of all, loved. Colin first a fucking oh, him yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I love that dude. You know, so unnaturally so sometimes. <laughs> you know. No, but In he, some ways, he, I actually was, kind of feel a little weird. <laughs> right. And like when he died in the first movie. It was so shocking. Kind of like, it was shocking because it didn't. And they even they even made it a point to let you know this isn't following the script of these kind of right. movies. Like in that scene. And um, I was like, okay, well, you know, the way the whole Kingsman is, um, the younger dude's going to take his spot. You know, okay, fine. But now I'm like, oh, well, he's back. So what the fuck? Right. But he, lo- he looks like he's in a loony bin or something. Yeah. So um, it's going to – I still want to see it. I mean, I have no – I have no – I don't care. You spoil something, I'll still go see it. It, it doesn't, doesn't bother me. But they should have left that. Yeah. I, I well, agree. There's a, there's you know, a lot, of, there's a a lot a, of – if you go back through a lot of movies, there are a lot of movies that people will sit there and say, like, that was something that was supposed to be a secret in the movie. Um, like, uh, what was it? Uh, going even early back to Star Trek Three. Uh, the search for right. Spock. Um, Leonard Nimoy directed that, but the marketing team he wanted the destruction of the Enterprise in that one to be a surprise because it happens, you know, setting up the third act. And first thing in the trailer, watch the final voyage of the Starship Enterprise, and then it blows up. And it's kind of like the you know the marketing you know marketing teams just they they just they don't have a concept of like oh we'll take these big things and then oh Colin Firth's in it we got to show that Colin Firth's in it because that'll bring the fans in and it's he's a big name yeah. you know you know i mean i get it from their point of view but if that's a secret still. if it's a secret you gotta have that right like i don't care how big of a name he is and i you know what i bet you if you have i ask colin firth he'd probably say the same fucking mm-hmm. thing you know so whatever so moving on into gaming news microsoft may not get a lot of things right but they do know how to make gamers happy. It was announced on Friday that all Xbox Halo 360 games are now backwards compatible. Ooh. Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, Halo 4, and Halo Combat Evolution Anniversary are available for download. They are available for the Xbox One, Xbox One S. Backwards compatibility will come be coming soon with the Xbox One X. Earlier this summer, Microsoft announced that all 360-era Halo DLC contents like map packs are free. Uh, but now keep in mind that the Halo Combat Evolutionary Evolution Anniversary will not be available for digital download. The disc is available, is backwards compatible, but the digital version will be available soon. Uh, according to Microsoft... Uh, digital titles that you own will show up in your instant or ready to install section of your Xbox One. Have the disc, place the disc in your console, and it'll begin downloading the game to your hard drive. So, I mean, what games? Because you have you have the master, the Master Chief Collection. So that's Halo One, Two, Three, and Four, and um. O OST, I think. ODST, yeah. ODST. And then they already had brought um uh Reach. So what other games are there? Uh Combat Evolution or Evolved. Combat Evolved. Well Combat Evolved is Halo One. No, is that? 
that's in the Master Chief collection. There's Halo Wars, which isn't a first-person shooter. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's... I don't know that it has to, I mean, it's just... I don't know. I don't know what was evolved before. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, Adam. There, <laughs> games are coming, okay? No, I mean, that's... I mean, it's cool. It's always cool when you have new shit. You know, it, it's just... Um, I don't know. It was a weird thing to me. I was I don't like, know, what games? Because I know it was available on the... Uh, on the uh, Master Chief collection, like the, uh, or no, the, uh, when you got the terabyte, remember that Halo? Yeah, yeah, that one. I know, I don't know, maybe there was, I don't know, I kind of think that maybe one of those wasn't a, wasn't out, but I don't know which one. Well, it was Reach. Reach wasn't part of it. Right, but now, and saying, I know a lot of people were pissy about that because Reach is a better game than ODST. <laughs> I, I don't care what other people's opinions are. <laughs> yeah, right. So, whatever. I'm sure there's games I'm just forgetting in the in the series that I know Halo Wars and um, this other one that was like a Microsoft store game or whatever. Anyway, who cares? So <laughs> Halo's, Halo's backwards compatible. So just be happy. Now. Halo's backwards compatible. I'm I'm, I'm nitpicking. I apologize. <laughs> um, despite despite Steve, despite widespread switch shortages. Nintendo of America president Reggie Phils Amey, right? Sure. Amy, I think, I don't know. Uh, has said the company dramatically over-delivered on the console supply at launch. Speaking to Mashable, uh, he said that despite analysis, an analyst predictions that the switch would sell far less, Nintendo provided 2 million units at launch. Because it was linked. Well, we actually... <laughs> right. We actually sold through almost 2.8 million units, he continued. But we were so still surprised we by the demand. <laughs> right. So we dramatically over-delivered, and yet demand outpaced supply. The Switch has infamously been hard to find post-release, uh, with survey surveys showing that the hybrid console interests more potential buyers than PS4 Pro or the Xbox One X. Well, I could have fucking told you that. <laughs> um, that comes alongside supply shortages of the NAS and SNES classic micro consoles, which are not, they're not in this race. Like people need to stop doing no. that. Those two little nostalgia consoles are toys. They're they're not they're not involved in the main console. Whatever. Um, Phil's Amy believes Nintendo is coming up with solutions to consumers' problems with the company's supply, just perhaps not as quickly as they'd hoped. I think if you were to go back and look at some of the comments about the supply on Nintendo products, you would actually see that the issues have been resolved, but it's happened at a pace that is later than maybe where the, what? Where the commenters would like, just run off fucking sentences, bro. Like would like the resolution to be, but it happens and the solution is there. So basically said, we don't have a solution. Uh, so explains that Nintendo's on track to ship 10 million units of switch it hoped to within the console's first fiscal year. Uh, he has previously said the company is scaling up production demand. Um, here's the thing. It would be very easy for us to follow the old suit and say, oh, Nintendo likes to create so- shortages, and you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's what they did. I honestly think they didn't expect it to sell this well. Because if, if, you, if you're an analyst for sales and marketing, and you look at the your two previous consoles pretty much tanked or your previous console not two previous consoles your previous console tanked you're going to assume 
that the market is a little timid for your product that they're they're going to be like ah eh. and they were at first but then they come out with zelda for one and then it started blowing up so i really do think nintendo was like oh fuck like we didn't we didn't plan for people to like it this much this this quick now i really hope they get supplies right for the holidays because they're going to make some fucking dough uh over christmas because they got odyssey coming out um and then just the people that have been sitting on the fence i don't think they're on the fence anymore they've made their choice <laughs> you know they've so. made their choice Switch. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> Buy Switch. Uh, and doom coming yeah. too yeah. i mean I, I don't know uh i don't know i'm still on that whole thing of like you know the the, the fake shortage and stuff like that i don't know i kind of still think that you know they probably i think they undersold it because of the result of what happened with the wii u so they probably didn't want you know they they probably cut it down a little bit just because they didn't want to uh you know it to not sell out and so yeah you know that's kind of where where i see that one however um you know they seem to i mean earlier reports in the year were saying that they were ramping up uh you know product productivity for um switches to be in there for the holidays and you know to to sell more for people to get it so i do hope that's true um because yeah i i seriously think that with some of the stuff coming out later this year for the holidays they they really need that you know they really need that boost to uh you know to 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 basically you know hit their to be effective on their bottom line and not just that but then you know having actual people going out and like yeah i got the switch it's awesome you know and and, and people digging it that's really what you what you really uh what they really need they're what they desperately need at this point i think at this point they're they're the only thing that can screw them up for the holidays is themselves oh, yeah i think that the market is already gung-ho about it um, I think that uh, everybody knows about it. Everybody knows what it can do. They, I think they've marketed their games and stuff like that very well. Kids are talking about it. My uh, my kids have told me that they come at school. Everyone's talking about switch this, switch that. Like and that and that's that's where the real market trends are at. You you want a, a deep analysis? See what the fucking kids are talking about because that's what they're begging for at Christmas. Yeah. You know. So um, the only way they could fuck this up is if with with a shortage and they don't have them there and then people are going to go same old fucking nintendo yeah. and then they're not gonna you know they're going to be a little more timid about buying it um when it does come in so i don't know man mm-hmm. we'll have to see how, how they play out all right so moving on into comic book news if you thought the and this comes from actually um, my my other blog the the middleagegeek.com so if you thought the DC's comics is continuity was confusing as hell you were not the only one since <laughs> DC tried to straighten out the continuity back in 2011 that led us to uh, they have led us to this doomsday clock trailer this event has been in the making since DC tried to course correct their comic line with Rebirth, which also is the last time writer uh, and DC Entertainment CCO Jeff Johns wrote for the company. Doomsday Clock is the conclusion of the seed planted last year. And 
In the trailer, you see that uh, DC is attempting to connect their lush comic history with the short-sighted reboot of the New 52. What had happened with Rebirth was to allow creators to embrace the wealth of stories from the past and include them into their new timelines. Of course, the only way you would be able to do that is through uh, is through a dimensional crossover. Back in 1986, The Watchmen was released through DC Comics as a 12-part miniseries. However, the series was never added to the DC universe, unlike some of its other properties. Doing the story of Rebirth, characters started to know that something was missing in their universe, almost as if someone had made ch some changes without their knowledge. In the first few issues of Rebirth, Wonder Woman and The Flash began to notice things had happened recently in issues of Superman and Action comics superman has merged with himself from very from various universe at the end of rebirth it is revealed that the uh, the omnipotent dr manhattan has been messing around with the timeline the comedian's ever popular bloody stained happy face is in the possession of batman uh why does this mean anything not because not because it brings anything uh brings together both universes that have been distinctively separated since 1986 and not because we are getting a superman versus dr manhattan we have a we have a battle of ideas philosophies watchmen was always a story of philosophies and banning the banning of superheroes and why they would uh and what they truly bring um and how to truly bring humanity together it was not a fanciful way to do it, but it was certainly realistic. DC has been building this up for a long time. It's comforting to know that they would have let it drop if the idea wasn't good enough. And since Johns mentioned in the Doomsday Clock trailer that it stemmed off of the past year, you can be certain that social commentary will be fluid throughout. In this world, we are running on cynicism and very little optimism. It would be nice to ha see strong debates again. Mm. And I also have a quick clip here of um, from the uh from part of the video and go jeff johns himself so the first issue comes out november 22nd 2017 and then it's a 12 issue series it's unlike any story that i've ever written it's unlike any story that gary's ever drawn the last comic book i wrote was dc universe rebirth number one there's a piece of that book that that relates to the story doomsday clock that i'm doing with gary frank and brad anderson and that is we hinted that somebody had been messing with time somebody's experimenting with time and in, in the dc universe and we reveal a hint that that is dr manhattan there was kind of a temporal anomaly in uh, the Batcave, a chronal explosion, and there was an object that came out of it. And Batman uncovered it, he pried it loose from this cavern wall, and as he pulled it out, the big image was Batman holding comedian's smiley face button. When the seed of the idea started to happen, uh, in my head and I talked to Gary about it, Gary Frank about it, that Dr. Manhattan would be this character and would intersect with the DC Universe in a very subtle way at the end of the Rebirth special. Both of us were rightly so nervous about it. I think there's a real slippery slope of just saying, oh, let's have Rorschach and Batman have a fist fight. We're not interested in just kind of having some funny mashup because that's not what we're doing. What we're trying to do is take the philosophy and the tones and the thematics of Watchmen and some of the subjects they dealt with. You know, Watchmen has a very specific thematic and, and uh, viewpoint, and the DC Universe has several, but ultimately one. And we talked a lot about what that would look like in 2016, that in November, 
the election happened in, in the US and then a lot of other things happened in the world and I was looking at everything and I reread Watchmen and suddenly one day the story just it was in my head and I called so yeah so and I've, I've read I've had other interviews where he's he's spoken about that basically saying that he that he was originally just going to let it drop because he couldn't figure out a way to you know to, uh, a good idea to bring him together and which kind of sucked when I read that because I was like so you would have introduced something cool and you know people would be hinging on that and then just let it go if you couldn't come up with a good idea right <laughs> oh fuck you can't figure yeah, it out go, what are you Sony you know <laughs> but yeah at least they they have something so I'm looking forward to it I think I hope it's cool yeah I there's a lot of buzz around it I need to catch up. I say that every podcast. Yeah. You never uh, will. <laughs> no, I will. Trust me. I will. <laughs> um, speaking of Watchmen, this is kind of fortuitous that I found this, uh, came across this news article. Um, after reports and rumors earlier this year, HBO has officially comment, or committed excuse me, to producing a pilot based on Alan Moore and David Gibson, um, acclaimed graphic novel Watchmen. HBO will produce a pilot of the show with Lost and The Leftovers executive producer Damon Lindelof um, and has committed to several more scripts being written. Uh, The network has not committed to a full series order yet. Lindelof, um, that's a weird name, Lindelof, Lindelof, uh, recently teased the beginning of production on the Watchmen series via his Instagram, um, which is... I guess where we get news now. Uh, Lindelof had reportedly been attached to an adaptation that HBO was in talks to produce earlier this year. HBO president uh, Casey Bloys um, earlier this year said that the possible series wouldn't be a straight adaptation of the graphic novel. Quote, I don't want to talk too much about it, but Damon is talking about it in a way exactly as you described it, uh, Bloys says, which is how do you take the material and drive from it a a TV show without making it a literal translation. Would that mean creating material for the show that wasn't in the graphic novel? I think so, yes. Lois said earlier this year. A film adaptation of Alan Moore and David Gibson's comic was released in 2009 um, and it definitely got mixed reviews. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, me too. I feel like the the Watchmen movie is is the perfect example of a movie that is straight for comic book fans. It's not for movie fans or just casual viewers. It's for people that love comic books because the pacing was the pacing of a comic book. Right. It was kind of frantic sometimes and it didn't translate perfectly to a movie. But if you had read the book, you didn't care. Yeah. Like it was it was just it was the book. And that's the in, thing is, in is like the movie and form. that's the one thing like people complain about like, well they need you know, they need to make it like that. Well, watch Watchmen. Did you like it? If you did, then most likely you get it. If you didn't and you sit and you're one of those ones that sit there and say they need to make it a, that's why. You know, it, it's it's the pro and con, you know, if it's like it doesn't translate well as a movie, you no, know, because the pacing's all over the place and the storyline and stuff like that, but that's how the comic was. So, right. you know, it's one of those kind of things where, you know, it's like, well, you give them what they want. They still don't like it. <laughs> eh. So off in the technology news, Apple knows how to blindside their customers. Last week, they were touting the awesomeness of their new Apple TV 4K set-top box and its 
4K offering we even talked about it on the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. As the device is being released, it is not all it's cracked up to be. Apple TV 4K will only stream 4K content. That's right. It will not be able to download the 4K content, but only be able to stream it. It's the issue with 4K. It's the issue with 4K content that we always had file size. Ars Technica report is reporting that based on the support document from Apple, you can download an HD movie from Apple, but not the 4K version of it. That would expl- uh, that would explain the promise they made about the previous HD buyers on iTunes getting a free copy of the 4K of select 4K version of selected movies. They can offer it to you for free since you won't be able to download it. And storage was always the problem. When you consider the size of 4K movies, storage space is always going to be a problem. While both versions of the Apple TV only offer 32 gig and 64 gig storage, how are you going to uh, be able to download a 4K movie? The average size of a 4K movie is about 100 gigs. You don't need a doctorate in mathematics to see that there is not enough room. This was the one of the reasons 4K movies uh, from services like PlayStation and Microsoft were slow in coming, not to mention the bandwidth issue that people will experience simply streaming 4K content, but finding a place to store it. However, Microsoft and Sony both offered one terabyte storage of their PlayStation and Xbox Ones, respectively, and they have allowed for additional external storage to make storing 4k content achievable last year apple or later this year apple plans to add finally amazon prime video to their list of streaming content and will support a the 4k content however it seems that 4k on youtube will not be in the cards the apple tv 4k only supports h h.264 and hvcv i mean i'm sorry hevc H.265 and MP4 video formats for the streaming for streaming and 4K videos on YouTube are streaming in a VP9 format, which isn't supported by the new device. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Also, we need a simplified version of what we can stream, you know, format in 4K. You know, because you hear like, you know, oh, you can reach a HDR resolution and, you know, you know, H.264 and 265. It's like, no, we need one specific format to, to you know, watch this shit. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think 4K just isn't there yet quite because the we're also in the era, era that inter- Internet providers are freak out if you use too much bandwidth. Yeah, and they start pulling you know, down. They start uh, uh, what does they call it? Um, crimping down on how much bandwidth you can actually use. Yeah, and then they throttle you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we could get into the discussion of this shit wouldn't happen if uh, internet service providers forced to compete in a free market. We don't but have a they free don't market. have to. We have a free market to right. At least not for that. Mm-hmm. So um I don't know. I mean, that sucks for people who use the Apple TV. Apple TV's dope. Like, I, I don't really like a lot of Apple products, but Apple TV's pretty yeah. slick. Like, I bought one for my uh, my sister-in-law for her birthday one, and I was setting it up. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of dope. <laughs> I bought the one where you could talk talk to the remote. Oh, right, yeah. And you could say, uh, uh, Siri, uh, let me watch fucking The Flash. And bam, mm-hmm. it'll come up. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I have, you know, the, so it's pretty I have the, dope. Gen- the, the generation before that one, um, and um, I dig it. I like it. I just the only thing I wish is that Apple would somehow just have a master 
login you know because you you know for a lot of these you need oh your cable subscription login information it's like you just enter it once store it and then you know utilize it instead right. of having to do it on each and every single one it's, it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> it's a little ridiculous guys <laughs> it it's a little ridiculous come on we, we i mean when i'm sitting there spending half the night setting up my uh apple tv because i have to log into all these different you know and eight and showtime is the worst you log in there and if you don't use it in like a week it expires and you have to go back to your computer re-authenticate it it's a pain in the ass mm-hmm. so my next article is a little long so we're going to try to get through it but i do want to make a mention so it's from Reuters, and of course link in the show notes there's a picture and it's, and it's a cute girl and she's got big glasses like sunglasses on she looks like she's one of those like you can see someone with a Starbucks cup in the background. She's like one of those rich, like rich kid girls. Oh, right. Then you see she rocking that iPhone 5C, and I'm like, oh, you know, you work that nine to five. Like, calm down. Um, so T-Mobile is close to agreeing uh, tentative terms on a deal to merge with Sprint. Um, people familiar with the matter said on Friday a major breakthrough in efforts to merge the third and fourth largest U.S. wireless carriers. Um, the transaction would significantly consolidate the U.S. telecommunications market and represent the first transform- transformative U.S. merger with significant antitrust risk uh, to be agreed since the inauguration of U.S. President Donald Trump in January. They always had to put... Who fucking cares? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, the, pro- the progress toward a deal also indicates the T- that T-Mobile and Sprint believe that the U.S. antitrust enforcement environment has become more favorable since the companies abandoned their previous effort to combine in 2014 amid regulatory concerns. The latest development in the talks between T-Mobile and Sprint comes as the telecommunications sector seeks ways to tackle investments in 5G technology that will greatly enhance wireless data transfer speeds. Japan's SoftBank um, Group, SoftBank Group Corp., um, which controls Sprint and other Sprint shareholders will own 40 to 50% of the combined company, while T-Mobile majority owner uh, Deutsche Telekom, Telekom uh, and the rest of T-Mobile shareholders will own majority, the source said. SoftBank founders um, Masayoshi-san uh, met with... Why can I always say Japanese names? Isn't that fucking weird? Like I have a hard time with all names, <laughs> but you throw something Japanese, and I'm not I'm not that into the Japanese culture. I'm not one of those two. You know what I mean? Like I just I don't know. It's from playing too many fucking RPGs Probably. growing up. Um, met with Trump la- late last year and said in February that the Japanese firm should benefit from Trump's um, promised deregulation. Once terms are finalized, due diligence by the two companies will follow, and a deal is expected by the end of October. Though talks may still fall through the source is set so let me this last little blurb and then they have something about trump in a tower and i'm not going to read that part <laughs> um a merger would create a business with more than 130 million subscribers just behind verizon communications and at&t revenues would top 70 billion and analysts say there would be a massive scope to cut costs sprint shares were up five percent in afternoon trade okay this is from Reuters, so it's got a lot of information i don't fucking care about Um, The sources asked not to be identified because the negotiations are confidential. Oops. Sprint and Deutsche Telekom (laughs) declined to comment. T-Mobile and SoftBank did not immediately respond to requests 
or comment. SoftBank Sun abandoned um, an earlier attempt to acquire T-Mobile for Sprint 2014. Under that deal, SoftBank would have been in control of the merged company with Deutsche Telekom becoming a mi minority shareholder. So it looked like Deutsche Telekom coming up in this new deal. Um, so yeah, so basically Sprint and T-Mobile want to join forces. I think it's an interesting idea. I mean, they're they're the two behind the behind the pack people because you have um, I think Verizon is Verizon number one or is AT and T? I don't know. It switches, I want, but I know, you know yeah, Deutsche Telekom owns T-Mobile, so yeah. So I mean, it'd be interesting to see because T-Mobile actually has a decent network in most areas. Um, I think they struggle in rural areas. Yeah, they're they're more in the cities. Um, so Sprint's Sprint. network is fucking <laughs> hot garbage everywhere. Um, the problem with Sprint is their network is old, yeah. so it's not keeping up. But T-Mobile's it's fucking brand because they've been doing some some different shit. So I think if they merge together, all that extra revenue that both companies be getting, maybe we'll see some good shit out of it. But I mean, Verizon treat me right, you know. So, but competition's yeah, good. Could only help. I don't know how this is an antitrust issue. They're, they're the third and fourth place, and they're joining together. It's not like Apple and fucking Samsung are joining together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it seems like it's just, and it's they have to say it's antitrust, but no one really gives a fuck. Yeah, I, I mean, at that point, I mean, it's T-Mobile and Sprint. It's not like Verizon and AT&T. That would be. But I'm sure there's some there's some corporate shit behind the scenes, you know, making sure money's moving in the right direction, right. stuff and like just that. Just how much control they'll um, have over, you know, one another, stuff like that. Right. So, because it sounds because, like I said, in the 2014 deal, um, Deutsche Telekom was going to be a minority shareholder, but at it sounds like from this new deal, they're both going to have majority, mm. which mathematically doesn't sense. make sense yeah, to me. They're but going to have 51 percent. <laughs> Unless they're going to both have an equal, well, I think they're both 50-50. But they're both going to have an equal Shared say. control so is what it would most likely be. Right. So it sounds like they're making out in the new deal. Yeah. And the other one is kind of taking. one of them become Roosevelt? <laughs> ah. <laughs> See, it's a historical joke for those of you that didn't get it. History joke. <laughs> um, should have a jingle for that. History joke. Right. But the only reason I brought this up, because I know it was incredibly boring and I was just listening, but this is something that is going to change um, the landscape yeah. of why of wireless in the, in the country it will Cause, like cause somehow really, I mean, it Sprint will had nothing had no way to keep to i mean out of nowhere you know t-mobile changed their philosophy and when that whole thing with at&t i think at&t was looking to buy them and then that deal fell through yeah. and then they just kind of went for broke and then suddenly took over the sprint spot and then sprint went to four and there was no way for them to keep up well you have you have t-mobile and t-mobile is the is you have to you have to give them some respect because they've been doing some interesting ideas, some new things to get people in. Not every not everything hit, but a few things, and and they've jumped up in use and usage, um, and they they surpassed Sprint. I can't remember how long ago it was that long, and Sprint has a large customer base, but they but don't. They're, 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 they're reason, not doing anything. The reason they have a customer base is because they're stuck there. <laughs> There's that, or because they're cheap as shit. Yeah. Sprint comparatively is cheap. Yeah. Like it, you can get unlimited for really cheap, and a lot of people think they need unlimited, and they really don't. 
but they're like, oh, I don't want to worry about well, it, so they get I Sprint. I had a friend go, well, I got the, I signed up for an iPhone with Sprint. Was that bad? And I was like, well, they may get taken over by T-Mobile, so it should only get better. <laughs> right. So, and, but that's the thing is, I think AT and T and Verizon are keeping a close eye yeah. because um, if you get some of the uh, some of the idea people in T-Mobile to to tell Sprint, hey, let's do it this way and this way, that's a pretty sizable group of customers. Um, that are going to be bragging about their new fucking service plans and and how their phones are working so great, yeah. you know? Because a lot of people, a lot of people don't like AT and T, and and a lot of people don't like they like Verizon, but they don't like Verizon a little expensive. Yeah, Verizon is a bit expensive. You know I mean, yeah. so I mean, at the at the best, I'm hoping that Verizon brings those prices down to compete. Because mm-hmm. now you just got one, two, three. It's not one, two, three, four. Right. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Yeah. All right. So I on that note, we've reached the end of the headlines. <laughs> so this week we're actually going to because uh, it's it's we're three episodes in, and this was um, one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk about was the new show, The Orville, and we're three episodes in, and each kind of seemed the, the, the third one was like the most vastly different uh, right. of the of the first two. Um, we talked briefly about the pilot and. The pilot had a lot of uh, fun flair, you know. It was it was light, it was joking, and there were some good jokes. But it didn't, you know, run run jokes into the ground like Family Guy style. As and I think in a lot of instances, like the show itself, is starting to stretch its legs. It's starting to kind of devote a little bit. Of course, you know, episode two dealt with um, the security officer taking command, and then episode three had. Um, dealt with um with what's his name bora bora uh, i can't remember the 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 alien guy's name but then dealt with him boris Boris, yeah dealing with um you know his uh gender switching uh uh child so it's very in the three episodes it's very very different like i mean it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of hard to kind of hard to say. I, I like the show, and I think one of the reasons there is so much hate about this show online is because most of the people that are online that that write these articles obviously don't have a clue as to what they're talking about um, because it isn't. You know, it, it's to me, it just seems like it's it's a fun show but they you know they they are talking about things there are doing things but in in what we would consider more of a um, i guess realistic you know manner like how we would actually talk about things and handle things and say things right it's it to me it's definitely an homage to star trek i i would i would not call it a uh a parody they're biting off the of star trek or parody because honestly just for the simple fact that McFarlane is such a Star Trek fan, and we and, and if if you know anything about the dude, Cosmos that re, the remake of Cosmos, exactly. Yeah. He he wouldn't he wouldn't do that yeah. basically. 
Um, but it's definitely an homage. But I feel like it, it, in the simplest of terms, it's Star Trek with real people in it. Yeah. You know, it's it's not um, Star Trek and Next Generation when we do a show for. It's it's almost the best of certain human archetypes right. in that show. Well, like you, you, you get you in the Enterprise, the... and Enterprise is everybody supposed to be you know top of their game to be on the Enterprise. Exactly. Now we get the other side, the ones that aren't so and top of is, their game. And the Orville, the Orville's like they even said it in the first episode. It's not a very important right. ship. Like it's it's mid size mm-hmm. exploratory vessel. It's not it, the the main ships are somewhere else, right. and they're doing some fringe shit. So it's it's like regular people you know and it's kind of the misfits and it's kind of people that not they are not top of their fucking class i mean what we said this when we talked about it briefly before is one dude is the only thing he wanted to ask this brand new captain <laughs> was if he could bring sodas onto the fucking <laughs> right bridge. you know and but we all know that guy I'm, I'm and, that and i guy. think that's what <laughs> shit you know what i'm saying um i'm not i just bring sodas i don't fucking ask um but I, I the first and second episode the second one it was still a good episode but it didn't it wasn't like oh shit you know that was fucking dope but I dug it um, but that third episode kind of stopped me for a minute because that was the first episode that really dealt with a heavy a heavy topic and they did something that sci-fi is very good at when it's done well where you take a current social issue and actually that episode took a few social issues yeah. and mixed them together um, and you you spin it in a sci-fi way, you make it an alien thing or whatever, but it's making people think about it anyway. And I think they did it very cleverly. I think it was written well. Um, they had some comedy in there as well to lighten it up. But a downer I, ending. A downer ending too. And then it kind of leaves you, you don't quite know what the right choice yeah. is. You, you, you're kind of left at the end like, fuck, because it's one of those gray area things. Yeah. You know that you're you're just kind of stuck. You're like, there's no 100 percent on, and I like that. Yeah, shit. I thought that was, I I thought it was a really it was a, a good episode. Um, I have a couple of clips of some of the sh- of some uh, points of the show. Uh, this one here is from the the first episode, and it's when and I mentioned in one of our previous podcasts that the the helmsman and the navigator would be basically Adam and me. Uh, if we yep. were if we were ever on the show, and this is where they first meet on the show, uh, in its quarters. Hey, what's up? Hey, man, come on in. Figured I'd introduce myself since we're going to be working full shifts together. Translation: You want to make sure I'm not a jerk? Something. Dude, I'm such a jerk. It's ridiculous. Okay, well, so am I. So this is going to work out great. Gordon Malloy, John Lamar. Cool. So uh, I heard you've been out of commission for a minute. Well, not out of commission, but uh, definitely kept on desk duty. What'd you do? Your piloting skills are kind of legendary. How'd you get suspended? I let my cousin shoot a porno in the back of the shuttle in exchange for some pills. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> Man, look at your face. No, no, no. I did, a, I did a manual override on a tricky shuttle docking and sheared off a cargo bay door. Yeah, nobody was hurt, but 300 crates of authentic autumn squash were sucked into space. Most about it, squash. Yeah trying to press a girl. Ah, uh, I can respect that. Needless to say, it didn't go over too well. If it weren't for Ed, I probably wouldn't be back at the helm for a lot longer than this, if ever. Well, just steal with your head from now on and you'll be okay. <laughs> just steer with your head now and you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... It's kind of funny, because when you, you play that scene and I can't see mm-hmm. it, 
it kind of sounds um, like the dude who walked in. Oh, right. He kind of sounds flat. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't sound like that later on, but just in that scene. That's his first major right. speaking scene. Um, but yeah, that 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 whole first episode was funny because they, they had no they had no reservations saying this is what the show is. Right. You know, we're, we're, you're going to know right off the bat. Yeah. Like, this is what we're about. No, no confusion here. This is, this is the show. That's right. And, and, you know, it, it pointed at some things like, you know, drinking that early in the morning and stuff like that. Like you kind of thought that was going to be a little more of the show, but it wasn't until like you got into season two that they or episode two that you really started seeing, oh, okay. So they're actually going to be more than just a one joke pony. You know, they're not going to really just like, okay, we're going to be raunching space or whatever. You know, it was like, we're going to, we're going to be sci-fi, but we're just going to, I guess in a lot of instances, keep it real. <laughs> right. Um, and then of course, I mean, one of the, one of the, funny dynamics is between Seth MacFarlane and um, and uh, or Ed and uh, I can't remember her character's name but uh, Adrian uh, Palaic and uh, their you know divorce kind of thing because one of the things spoilers basically if you if you haven't watched this in the in the in the first episode uh, Ed is supposed to be, which we don't really realize until later on, is supposed to be like top of his class, you know, workhorse, everything along that lines, and catches his wife cheating on him with a blue guy. They get divorced and he goes through a rough patch. Um, he eventually gets offered his own command, but not, you know, based on his merit. So now he's like, I'm going to prove that I, I can be a great captain. I, I, you know, it's what I've always wanted to do. And then at the end of the episode, you find out it was his ex-wife that pushed, you know, for him to get a command because she, and this was, I thought was kind of cool was the fact that she felt responsible for his career derailing and wanted to at least right. do something right by him. You know, even though she says like, well, if you were there more and stuff like that, but I guess she, she, it, her character kind of understood what her role in his downturn was not, well, you know, if you had done this, none of this would have happened. And she's not doing that, which is kind of, which is kind of unique, but it's funny because now you have knowing that about her and then seeing the jokes that he still plays, you know, that, you know, with like, uh, you know well, you know, that's what happens when you have sex with a blue guy, you know, that kind of thing where he still throws it in her face, <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's kind of, kind of interesting to see what her end game is going to be. But, uh, oh. and you can see that they're, they, they work well together. Mm -hmm. Um, but then they'll start arguing relationship wise and they get caught up in that a little bit. But when, when push comes to shove, work is work. Like they're both very professional. It's actually kind of weird to me to see McFarlane, be a professional captain of something <laughs> right because he always plays goofball characters right. but there's there's moments and you see it a lot in the third episode too because there's more serious tone but um where he's he's in that fucking captain's desk in his in his ready room and he's like no yeah you know deny yeah. you will yeah, not when he got that. angry because they summoned that ship in the third episode you know and the way he you know was like no you you go around my head like when you I saw him I was like wow okay like you know what kind of cemented it for me was when um Boris was like uh he was like is it Boris I think I'm pretty sure it is um he go or I think it's Bortis oh, um I think it's Bortis, yeah. he he was getting irritated because the captain was mad about the ship coming he goes permission to return to my 
station, sir. And then right away he was like, oh, no, you're – he goes, no, you're relieved of duty. Yeah. Like, it was so authoritative. Like, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, like – because McFarlane is McFarlane in the show. Right. He makes jokes. He likes to make little side comments, stuff like that. But it seems this was the first episode to me that really showed that when when we're working, we're working. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it was uh, it was cool to see that, too. But it is really weird – being such a fan of Next Generation, which is my favorite Star Trek um, by far, um, it's weird to see you see him being a little bit more vulnerable than you're used to from Star Trek. It, and, and I'm not saying Star Trek, it doesn't hold it back that we compare it to Star Trek. There's nothing else to compare it to. That's what it's most similar what you're to. Dealing with, like in this particular instance, uh, and and the one thing that I could say to that would be the vulnerability that you see in his character is would be more of like what we would actually, you know, right. more human because the people in Star Trek are, you know, pro-human. Like they're perfect. They're the, the perfect right. representation of. They're all Captain America. <laughs> they're all. They're all basically. Um, you know what they're you know the the um the and uh, the, the the perfect specimen of what humanity is supposed to be at that point in time which makes sense because it's the flagship fleet right you know on the enterprise so of course the best of the best are going to be there the orville is not the, even near the flagship right. fleet so it's it's makes sense that just regular folks are on there well, one of the things um, that, that we were talking about when when we talked about the second episode with the the, the, the zoo episode um you were like going, oh, I like that. You know, it was it was a new idea, and I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was Star Trek: The Cage. And, you, and then you were like, well, I hadn't seen that, so it's you know, it's new, it's to, new me. to me. Um, <laughs> that I saw was like the 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 homage to you know the uh, original Trek, obviously different, but you know, it was kind of that that same kind of that same kind of deal, um, and. Uh, just I, I like the way they caught the people like you know they knew exactly you know his mother and father you know who uh are two you know classic television actors um but one of the things that i thought was funny was their their shuttle ride when they're supposed to go meet his parents in in that shuttle i actually have the clip oh yeah yeah let's see here your mother hates me she does not hate you Oh, yes, he does. She does not. She, she hated you a little bit after the, the thing. You can tell me, you know. Never talk about it. What'd she say about me? It's nothing too terrible. You can tell me. Just it wasn't that bad. Be honest. She once called you a bitch 46 times in one sitting. <laughs> yeah, the people at the next table complained. But look, Kelly, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's the past. You and I were a lousy match. Move it on. Maybe. We got the chance to find out. Well, that's what happens when you let a blue alien phone you while your husband's at work. Don't be a jerk. Like, in no way am I trying to be a jerk. Honestly, Kel, most guys would hold a grudge for something like this. I think you did us a favor. I really do. In fact, you know what? I want to thank you for your infidelity. Look, all I'm saying is that if you hadn't been so absent and I hadn't done what I did, I say this with all due respect. You are high. Well, since we are seeing your mother, it's not a bad idea. What are you doing? One cannabis edible. Oh my god, seriously? You're kidding me, right? Just in case. 
and that's like you know and just like a lot of the jokes that came with that you know with uh, their episode and the way they you know played off each other i think they play off each other really well but the one thing that we don't is like you know he says like we were bad for each other and she's like well we were never together long enough it's like i don't did they ever explain how long they were together no yeah so uh, i think mm-hmm. i thought it was funny like when the weed edible came up it kind of caught me off guy because it's easy to fall into that i'm in a safe place star trek right. thing when you're watching it and i mean that doesn't bother me personally the fucking edibles or whatever but it was weird to see it <laughs> like on a network tv yeah. show and they were so nonchalant about it you well, know what i mean, I mean? It's like a network tv show that's used the word dick like a few times in there i didn't even and that was funny too because steve brought that up they say dick a lot and i'm like when <laughs> i didn't even notice yeah, well, we're like in the the thing where she's like you know you must you should speak with my associate and he's like okay i will speak with it all right thanks dick uh you know and then <laughs> that was funny i noticed then, that one uh, mcfarland later okay you know what you've been a dick like a lot such so as <laughs> you know <laughs> i bet you mcfarland was like what's the worst words i can say right. and then made sure he kept <laughs> a mental note um the uh first of all i love how mcfarland delivers um lines like he he's he's kind of the king of that throwaway line shit mm-hmm. like where he's telling the girl um he's like well the, the, that's what happens when you bone a blah 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 but he just kind of like eh, whatever right. you know like the way he delivers it is hilarious like, yeah, it was nothing it wasn't in it she said she called you uh, uh called you a bitch 47 times yeah the people at the next table complained you know it's like what (laughs) you're like oh she did it in public okay um here's actually here's one from the third episode the um second episode that uh talk about you know mcfarland's delivery sir i wish to request a leave of absence for what reason i have laid an egg what do you mean like a bad joke or something like <laughs> no sir Bachlands reproduce by laying eggs Clyden and I are going to have a child what is that's great congrats my god you lay eggs yes sir I, mean, I always wondered how a single gender species populated itself are they big they big eggs they are somewhat large yes sir amazing um well yeah take all the time off you need the gestation period is approximately 21 days. And you sit on it? Sit on the egg? Yes, sir. Well, listen, tell Clyde and congrats, and uh, if you got one more in you, it was on the omelet. Sir. Sorry, bad joke. Yes. Bad joke. You know, I'm, I'm just not going to try comedy with you anymore. I'm going to return <laughs> to my quarters. It really was an incredibly bad joke. I love the last line he says here. I want eggs now. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really bad joke, though. Talk about omelets. Like, oh, that's my kid. Oh. And that was interesting, too. Like, they have... uh, I feel that's almost a social commentary, too, where you have a species that has no gender. Well, and that was the whole third episode. Well, that it was actually technically it was supposed to be one gender, 
a single gender species. Oh yes, they're all men. So they're all men. But you know, I looked at when I was like, okay, so you have naturally a homosexual, you know, uh, culture, and then it, and his his husband is on the um, is on the ship is on the ship right. so with was, him. He's not part of the crew. Yeah, which was like, okay, that's that makes that's weird. Okay, yeah, laying eggs. So you because you do wonder like, well, how does a single gender species, you know, you know, could you know actually you know procreate. And mm-hmm. um, so that would that would make sense. So it was kind of interesting. And then at the end of the at the end of that episode, you get the uh, you get the fact that you know they only be men. Oh, she's a female. And then you know, then it leads, which was interesting because I like I was like oh okay, so episode two led into episode three. You know, with that with that whole thing. And then, <laughs> what was it? He goes, it's what did she goes that uh, when they were talking about the. Um, the, the because when apparently in the species that if it's supposed to be a male dominated society so if a female is born that would they would have to go a, a gender reassignment surgery right so it's it's rare what did they say like one in like one in 75 years or something like that something like but that they, but basically a girl is a, is a condition right being a female is a condition <laughs> right is a condition right which some may agree <laughs> no one on this podcast because we're female forward yeah and um so um no but uh it's it was interesting because of um on that you know he's like well when someone's born with um what was it a cleft chin or yeah, yeah. cleft he's like you know don't do they not a cleft palate palate don't they resign he's like well it, that's a different thing it's not like you know she can use her vagina to whistle well i mean you know <laughs> depending on how she how uses, uses it, it i laugh so fucking hard <laughs> i spit my drink out of my little, cup because i was taking a I sip i laughed a little too hard on that one <laughs> oh i laughed just enough like i was laughing because it, it and yet again it's it's something that catches you off guard because and i know you, you're probably feeling the same way we've watched star trek forever oh, yeah. it seems and you don't expect it's that. very easy <laughs> exactly it's very easy watching this orville show to kind of be like oh i, I feel like i'm watching star trek which is one of the main reasons one of the main reasons i'm loving the show because there is no i mean yes discovery premieres tonight i haven't watched it yet but even then discovery looks like it's kind of more of a modern thing the orville to be honest the Orville's done more like Star Trek than Discovery looks like mm. to me, but I haven't seen Discovery yet, so I'm not, I'm not putting a stamp on that. Yeah, I mean, and but, we won't discuss it on Friday's episode either because we recorded on Sunday, so neither of us have gotten to see it. So we'll probably talk about probably talk about it next week, right? So, um, yeah, so it kind of throws you for a curveball because you're just sitting there wanting because what? it's something because, because when you think about it, it's something we would say. And it's like, you know, oh, it's yeah. like, because you would expect, you know, uh, well, pr- primarily in Friday's episode, you know, Picard has that elegant speech about the prime directive, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, what if it's a war? Oh, suddenly we're not certain in our, you know, our, you know, moral is what he called resolve or something like that, you know, but it's a very eloquent and very well placed speech, very kind of like, oh shit, Picard just like laid some knowledge on these people. And then you have this episode where it's like, oh, not that you can make the vagina is going to make a whistle wall, depending on how she's using it. You know, it's like that kind of thing. You're just like, oh, okay. Picard wouldn't say that is the point. Like, and we're not. We're not saying that Star Trek was was lame in any way because it wasn't that funny. 
it was funny too but it just had a different vibe yeah you know it it's star star trek's always been a little bit more serious well some people have always asked me about my my vocabulary they're like going you you have a pretty good vocabulary i'm like well that comes from being raised on star trek you know it's yep. like because of that 100 percent because of that you know all you have to do all you have to do is read a lot and watch star trek mm-hmm. and you you'll sound like a you went to college for years and then, then just you know when something boggles your mind just say it's tachyons <laughs> tachyons uh, but star trek star trek is the sh- is the show that taught me that you can change a word to sound a million times faster so instead of confusing say perplexing mm-hmm. you know <laughs> stuff like that and people are like oh this motherfucker he he knows what he's <laughs> talking about because he's using big words <laughs> inquiry <laughs> you're right i'm here to not ask a question <laughs> but inquire exactly which is actually faster because you don't have to say ask a question right. or well, whatever. <laughs> um, and then I have this little last clip here I have from this last episode. Oh, are you guys talking about Boris's baby sex change? My God, does the whole ship know about this? Yeah, pretty much. Captain, I do not understand the reason for this conflict. Would the gender alteration procedure harm the infant or endanger her life? There are different kinds of harm, Isaac. Psychological harm for one. I'd have been pretty pissed off if my parents had made the unilateral decision to make me a guy. And while it might have saved me an entire marriage if they had, it still would have been wrong. <laughs> Thanks. You guys don't think that Bordis and Pyden will love her any less than they would have male baby do you? Well, they'd lose a lot of friends around here really fast if they did. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is that that brings up a very interesting question of like, do we in view in you know? impose our thoughts or our beliefs on another culture oh, you definitely. know it's it's that definitely it's definitely that, that that human kind of nature of like going you know um well them over there that's wrong they shouldn't be doing that well yeah but that's their culture shouldn't they have the right to say or say not or should we have the ability to impose our self-righteous view of what you know western culture should be on other on other cultures or even other planets and we'll you know to get to that and I think, and that's an excellent point. Now, there's certain things on Earth that I think should be a universal thing. Like, I remember, not to bring down the tone, but remember when they were talking about um, uh, soldiers in Afghanistan, not our soldiers, but uh, Afghani soldiers were, like, having sexual relations with underage boys. Oh, right. And that was, like, the norm. And then um, there was a Marine dude who was like, not today. And <laughs> <laughs> fucked up one dude, one dude pretty bad. There was a whole thing, should he be, should he be uh, discharged from the military and this and that. That's a different situation. And I've had that conversation um, with people because there was an episode that brought this question up again in Enterprise. It was one of the first episodes where um, they're down on a planet and it was uh, T'Pol and, ooh, fucking T'Pol, oh, man. That's all I got to yeah. say. And she was with Trip, and Trip looked over and saw that a kid had like a breathing, a breathing mask, and the the mom kept taking it away from him, and the kid was kind of gasping for air. Then she'd give it back, and he yelled at her, you know, which is at the t- when you really think about it, you can't be high and mighty. You would do the same fucking thing. You, you're seeing a kid being hurt, right. and you're just like, hey, what the fuck? And he yelled yeah. too. He was like, you know, because I he's love Trip. Big t- Trip was fucking he was the, dope. He was the shit. Um and. But then he was quickly educated that their species breathes, I think it was methane first, mm-hmm. and then the parent has to wean them off of that so they can breathe oxygen. And then she she dropped lines on him. She was like, you have to learn to look at things 
subjectively and not impose your own biases. Now, for different species, okay. You know what I mean? I get that. But when it's, if I saw someone doing that to a kid on Earth, I know that kid breathes air. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to be like, what the fuck? You know, so it's, it's, it's it's more like, um, when you're ignorant of something, yeah. should you be making claims? Should you should you be dictating what it what should happen if you don't know the whole fucking story? And no, you shouldn't. Right. You know, so that was kind of the the main breath of the I feel the first half of this episode was all the all the people on the ship, and it wasn't just humans. It was there was other. It's it seemed like in this universe that was a very alien, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> um, alien concept because the other. There was um well the the robot I don't know if he's a robot. I want a character development episode for that yeah. dude. The the takes one who feels a, his species is superior. Brent Spiner. Oh shit. <laughs> like, oh. Um, head explodes. But the head of security, the really strong chick, you know, she felt the same way, stuff like that. So it was it, it seemed like that wasn't the norm or at least abnormal enough right, right. for everybody to be like what the fuck. Um but then we get to the second half where they're on the home planet and they're in, they, what was it? Oh yeah. So the ship the comes and then, yeah, the ship comes and the, and the captain, Hey man, McFarlane was swearing yeah. up, dude. I was like, Oh shit. Um, and then, uh, they do the tribunal because basically the two parents, um, didn't agree. Well, one of the things I thought so was Bo- great was that, you know, the crew tried to convince, uh, Borat that or Borath uh, that uh, you know he shouldn't have the surgery but he was like it's it's our culture it's blah 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 and everybody tried you know oh it's a woman thing so the security officer could beat the shit out of him you know to show that she was that she was strong he was like not having it and then you send in basically Adam and me to talk to him like beer in a movie and they're showing Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer which I thought of all of them, I'm like, oh fuck, that is perfect. Like it's it's subtle enough because it's you know claymation animated, but then they use that to bring home the point of like, oh yeah, his his uh, deformity or what have you was you know you know was was good and helpful and and he was then his whole thing after that was like we cannot deprive her of this life. You know, may I? You need to. What was he? What did he tell his mate? Uh, you need to see the um, the journey of uh, Rudolph to understand. <laughs> right, and it's funny because it is fitting. It is fitting, but, but it's a child's movie. Yeah, you know? but it was like it, it's one of those um, that's subtle enough to get you to be like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> I did look. I did look it up. It is Bortus. Oh, I felt like we were both butchering yeah. the shit out of it. So the show's still new. Okay, <laughs> give me a fucking break. Um, but. Yeah, and they had the uh, the security chick who I need um, Alara. Oh, that's it. I have IMDb up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chief Security Officer Alara Tan um, do a boxing match, and she's obviously superior in strength. Um, so she kicked his ass, but then he gets pissed off. He's mad because everyone's telling him how to raise his right. kid. Basically, Which is normal, <laughs> um, very normal. But what he's doing is it right. normal, so no one can see it his way. And and then he sees the Rudolph movie, um, which sounds dumb. If if you haven't seen the episode, you're like, what? But it makes sense. Um, and then he says, no, you know, we should allow her to 
choose and and you you don't know what she's capable of blah 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 and then you come to find out because his his husband or partner however you want to say it um was like no we need to do the correct surgery it's the right thing to do come to find out that he was born female right. um and this was some news to Bordis, so then they have a little spat about lying and stuff like that and i thought it was cool too because it was um the thing I'm liking of the vibe of this, we we they have gay gay couples or lesbian couples or whatever on TV all the time now, and that's fine. But one thing, and we've spoken about this in the past. One thing I don't like is is it looks like a caricature. Oh right. Of a gay couple where they're like we're gay, we're gay, we're gay constantly. Yeah. Um, this is probably the first time I've really seen, and I know they're aliens, and it, it's a it's a comedy sci-fi show. But they had a real fucking conversation. Yeah. Like, like he was, he was like, um, "Why wouldn't you tell me you lied to me?" And the other one's like, "I didn't want to lose you." And then Bordis comes in and goes, "I still love you. I'm just upset that you." It was, it was like a conversation I would have with my wife. Yeah. Like, so it was, it was really, it, it was a genuine conversation. I really respected that bit of writing too, because it's very easy uh, when you have a subculture, for lack of a better term, you focus on it a little too much, and and with the best of intentions you make it stupid right you know and and that's just i i didn't even notice it was a dude to dude to be honest <laughs> it was just a couple you know right. so um but anyway so they they don't agree so because they don't agree you find out from the captain of the other um ship of his species it says since the two parents can't decide there has to be a tribunal which is basically a, a court a court case to, to decide and then the society will decide um so cut to that they go to the the home planet oh was that <laughs> i thought you were still gonna go with that oh i thought you had something to say oh no no oh okay well then they go to the home planet <laughs> um and uh i can't remember the name of it i can't even remember the name of a species yeah. to be honest with you. i mean let me just, see let me see if know, i can and the thing is is that like i've been you know noticing some of the the writing and people are you know the people that are on the internet and it seems just for some reason that a lot of the internet seems to want to hate on this one i think most of it's because they their inability to see like oh maybe seth mcfarland is doing something different it's not family guy in space well it's like an old an old saying um getting lost in the yeah. week like they can't they can't see past the they're copying star trek or seth mcfarland does family guy right like they can't see past it to see what's going on and, in and, the fucking show. And what's show. funny is, is that, yeah, I mean, I heard that it... Mocklin. Mocklin, yeah. And I, I didn't. Mock. I heard that it didn't do well in its Thursday ratings, but that's because, like, we didn't know it was moving until that episode. And then right. I didn't... That that always happens when they move a show. And they moved a show on its third fucking yeah, episode. Yeah, and then another thing, too, was that they moved on the same week, so it was two episodes in that one week. I thought, oh, right. next week, next Thursday? Oh, okay, and then suddenly find out, oh it's on now okay you know um but you know but there are a lot of ones that a lot of reviews especially on youtube of saying like hey you should check out this show it's actually fun and and it is it has something to say which is which you know is has proven to be i mean interesting because i'm you know i fell off family guy a long time ago um i never got into american dad you know i've kind of been like whatever but I was like, oh, okay, I'm curious to check out how this show was. And I was actually surprised on, you know, 
that it kind of hooked me a little bit you know so i was like okay cool i'll i'll check it in because i know you were you were on the fence yeah. um and i i'm a I don't know if you would agree, but I would say I'm a bigger McFarland fan than Steve is. Yeah. We're both fans, but I'm like, oh shit, Seth McFarland. Yeah. Like I really, I really dig the dude. Um, so I was I was all on board, just happy to see a fucking spaceship show on TV again. That's all I wanted. <laughs> right. Um I did want to mention, because I, I found the article. I looked this up a couple days ago and I think I forgot to talk to Steve about because we had a conversation about I was asking him why the fuck they move it to Thursdays. And we, you know, speculation and stuff. But um, I looked it up, and uh, I guess that was always the plan. Thursdays is its slot. It was on Sunday to catch the um, attention of the other people watching football. Oh, yeah. Because it was on right after football. So basically, Fox was trying to be slick. Right. And they were like, well, these motherfuckers are already sitting here, so let's let's put it right here. And that probably did help them, because it says it's doing very well in the ratings so far. Um, and ratings did, of course, drop off on Thursdays, but like Steve said, they moved it a very abruptly. Right. They they could have said they could have given a like even before the pilot, like say I'm um, premiering on Sundays, but moving soon moving to Thursdays on blah blah blah. Because right. people got to update them DVR. Yeah, you know. Right. So, which fortunately, but, you know, um, when you set your DVR for it to record, it'll adjust. You know. Oh, will it? I haven't had a DVR in a long time. Yeah, when you so when you, when I, you select a show and. Um, it changes time zones. That's the one beautiful thing about DVRs is that suddenly it'll change the show. The, it'll change with the show. So you don't have to sit there oh. and try to readjust. Unlike a VHS well, the machine. Last, well, the last DVR I had, it was with, I think, Dish. And it didn't do that. Oh, wow. Like if, let's say, let's say the show was like Sunday night. It was on after a football game. If the football game went into overtime, you would get like the last bit of the football game and like thirty oh, minutes. Oh yeah, no, of the show. I, I, that happened. This that happened. It happened oh, okay. on there, but okay. when it moved over to Thursdays, like it knows knew, it, it moved. Knew, it knew its move because it was tagged. I guess new um, on on the meta tags or whatever. So it pulled it and was like, okay, this is where it is because I had set it to because for some reason on on my feed it said that right after the football game was. Um, uh, the Orville and I was like that just seems too early like it's supposed to be on at 8 and then of course football ran over so the last hour the hour that was supposed to be was actually football so but fortunately it was on Hulu so I got to check it on Hulu and then watch yeah I have Hulu TV so I don't have to wait I can watch it that and then, day and, at any yeah, time and then, uh, yeah, but we weren't we didn't watch it because we were doing the show so we were going to watch it on Monday and then we switched out and then I was like oh okay well then I'll just catch it on Hulu yeah, the Thursday, the move to Thursday is convenient for yeah. us. Yeah, because then we can actually now Star watch. Trek's in this Although he still way. did forget. I did. At both times. It was the same exact conversation. He's like, oh, I'm watching the Orville. And I know Steve. When he tells me he's doing something out of the blue, it's because he's reminding <laughs> me. Like, he's being nice. Instead of saying, hey, asshole, don't forget the Orville's on. He's going, yeah, I'm checking out the Orville today. And then I'll, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't. And as Steve knows, I don't really watch television, so it's not in my brain to to be like, oh, a show's on that day. Like every day for me is the same right. thing over and over again. I don't, I don't. It's not like Thursdays is this show and Fridays is this show. I, I don't think that way. <laughs> so I'll forget. I'll, I'll I'll barely know what fucking day it is half the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, this Thursday and seeing what the next episode is. Um, I forget what the teaser was, so yeah. it'll be a surprise. 
Oh. Somebody. Is that hollering outside? I don't know what that is. When you live in, in the ghetto. Seriously. I know even my dogs were like, what the fuck? Um, but any case. Um, yeah, you should check out. You need to check out the uh, the Orville. At least give it a shot. And if you have, if you missed a couple of episodes, check it out on Hulu. It's you know all the episodes are there. Yeah, you have to put up with some commercials, but fuck it. <laughs> even if and, and honestly, I'm going to be as bold to say, even if you're not a sci-fi fan, yeah. g- give it a shot. I mean, it's it's just good comedy. I think the it is a brand new show. So so like Steve said about the first episode, not all the jokes hit as hard as they probably would like yeah. to, but I can see a progression. Um, even at the third episode that things are starting to kind of click a little bit better. The chemistry is getting a little bit good, stuff like that. So um, we just, the only problem with, and with any new show, and we, we made fun of this when we started doing the uh, first season for Next Generation, yeah. is you don't know any of these people yet. So you're not really invested. Right. I mean, you're, you're automatically invested in the captain. And now I think I think it's safe to say you're invested in his ex-wife, the second in command. Yeah. She's hot. Um, and Bordis, right? <laughs> and and Bordis, because now Bordis has had his episode that fleshed him right. out a bit. But the other ones, we barely know. Right. You know what I mean? So I do like security officer because she's cute. But um, other than that, I mean, you know, Diamond does. So <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I need to see a little. I need to see a little bit more. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. It's been a long time since I've been excited about a TV show like yeah. this too, like a normal syndication <laughs> show. Or not syndication, but no. just a normal, a, ra- a normal, you know, primetime TV show. There you go. There you go. All right. So, moving on into our what the actual fuck uh, section. Yeah. So, uh, mine comes from The Verge. Apple stores are f- unusual are usually faced with intimidating long lines in the morning of their new iPhone launch, but that didn't. That largely didn't seem to happen. It um, seemed to be the case today. As various reports and inquiries have pointed out, some Apple stores have very short lines in front of the, uh, in front, uh, out front for the iPhone 8, or uh, if they have anyone at all. Reuters said that fewer than 30 people at the Apple's Sydney store, which usually has hundreds out front, and described, the, described a less than lively mood in Asia other than previous launches. In Pasadena, California, CBS reporter Chelsea Edwards posted a f- uh, photo outside of the Apple store with no one in front of it. And it was taken early in the morning so people could see could show up for, the, for a line that has often been waiting overnight so it's a strange absence they have the picture here on twitter they also showed um, short lines in uh Spain, london lecture and ottawa and there this certainly wasn't the case everywhere apple locations in the world trade center in new york had a line this morning and it appeared that um, a big turnout in singapore getty photos also shows long lines at apple's fifth avenue store in new york so this is I put this in here because it's it's kind of one of those things of like, you know, people and you see people in the comments going, well, when the Samsung phone launched, you know, I got to go right into it and get the phone like without pre-orders or anything like that. Right. But the thing is, is that these are Apple fans and it seems they'll stand in line even when they don't have to. Right. I mean, people, you know, upgrading their phones when they don't need to or when they don't. But it, come, it it brings a bigger point of 
why it, it, obviously we're gonna see a turnaround in November when the iPhone X comes out right so it's kind of like why did you do the 8 because I figure most people are probably going to end up getting the 8 because they can't afford the iPhone X um, and most people are probably just like you know what I'm fine with my iPhone 7 you know maybe they don't like the whole concept of like oh either facial recognition or um, or a push or a pin instead of the uh, you know the uh uh, fingerprint, but you know, some people say, "Is this is this the waning of the of of the iPhone?" But somebody brought up a better a better concept. It's it's the waning of these devices in general. You know, Google. You know, Samsung. You know, now finally reaching Apple. That maybe people are just not rushing out to get up to get them as new as they want. But I think it's more yeah. of the iPhone X probably. Well, I think, too, is we're at a point where these phones are so good now that when you get the upgrade, it's not significant. I mean, if you look at the difference between the 8 and the 7, the iPhones, it's, yeah, there's improvement there, but the seven's still a great phone. Right. So it, it, there's less of a drive to really run out. I mean, there was a time when these phones, the next phone would come out, and that's when you would get fucking stacks of shit. Yeah. Like, it would go from one gigabyte of RAM to fucking four. Like, it was just the, the significance was there. The screens were getting bigger and everything was changing. But now, I mean, if you look at the eight, look, just look at them physically. They don't even look different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just, they're they pretty much the, the same, same phone. phone. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. And iPhone thinks they're fucking slick. Or Apple thinks they're slick. So they didn't do a 7S, but they basically yeah, did. They... The eight's the 7S. Right. It, it has that same level of improvement to it. Um, and also, Apple's competing with themselves because they're creating this big buzz about the X. Right. So people are like, oh, the 8's out, but uh, let me wait and see what's up with this X. You know what I mean? So it's kind of funny. Yeah. And I brought that up to somebody at, at work, and they're like, well, Samsung does that too. But what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, Samsung has low-end and mid-range phones. I'm like, yep, yeah, they're not competing with their flagship. Those are for the, those people. Right. And they're like, yeah, Apple, well, they Apple have two. Apple makes one phone. Right. And they, they only make high end. Yeah. They don't make anything else. Well, they have the five C, but I I mean that doesn't even count for anything right. else. That's like a that's for pre people who got like budget shit going right. on. Um, but then you have, or he told me, well, they have two, they have two Samsung flagships, so they are competing. I'm like, no, they're not. I'm like, why are you so fucking stupid? <laughs> I was like, they have the eight and the eight plus, which are dramatically different size. Right. That's two different. All Samsung's doing is covering the entire market. Not everybody wants a giant phone, and not everybody wants a five-inch phone. You know, so they're like, okay, well, here, here's the same exact phone with different screen size. Right. So you got your choice now. Because uh, Steve has the eight, I have the eight plus. They are identical. They're the same phone. Yeah. They just have one has a bigger screen. He ain't missing anything that I got. And I ain't missing anything. He got. Exactly. You know, other than uh, that big dick sound when I put it on the desk. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was waiting for it. But yeah, iPhone. Um, it's in, it's it's extremely interesting to me what's going on because I've never seen it before from Apple, where they're kind of competing with themselves. Yeah, they're kind of putting it in a, you know, in, a, in a weird. They're putting themselves in a weird position, and they are brilliant at marketing. So they have to have some sort of plan, I would yeah. guess. 
So I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I don't think Samsung really gives a fuck at this point since they got a large head start. Because that's a big question too. Like, oh, Samsung must be shaking and shaking in their boots because this ten's coming out. And I'm like, I no, yeah. I don't really think they are. And that was something we talked about. Uh, I think two podcasts ago was that you have people who buy Android, people buy Apple, and it's very rare that anyone switches right. teams. You know, so it is what it is. <laughs> so <laughs> this this just made me so. Saudi Arabia's Ministry of Education is recalling all copies of a history textbook after it emerged that they have accidentally rewritten history by including a picture of King Fiazel, excuse me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, uh, signing the United Nations Charter in 1945 with Yoda by his side. Yes. Um, The picture, which was intended to illustrate a, a section detailing the king's rule, was created by a Saudi artist named Abdullah al Shirari. Cheer. Again, sorry. Um, from pop culture, uh, from pop culture inserted into historical photograph. He has no idea. He had no idea if it's, if it's inclusion in the textbook until his mother, a teacher, asked him about it. I meant no offense to the king at all. He told the New York Times, saying that he chose the pairing because he considers both Yoda and King Fiasol to be wise and strong as well as Yoda's green skin and lightsaber matching the green of the Saudi flag. And keep in mind that Yoda um, is fictional. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll, I'll say what I got to say after everything. <laughs> for, for their part, the Saudi government is recalling the textbook and printing a more historically accurate replacement. Um, the government also formed a legal committee to attempt to find the source of the problem and respond with appropriate action. Um, appropriate action in quotes. It's not clear how many copies of the textbook exist, but the the world being what it is, it probably won't be long before you can find one for sale on the internet. Meanwhile, teachers everywhere are probably um, skimming through their textbooks just in case. So this isn't. This was kind of funny to me. Just be, the picture's legit as fuck too. If you follow the link on the uh, lazy.com show notes, uh, Yoda's like straight chilling next to the Saudi king. Like he's like like he's he's the advisor and shit and it's kind of dope it's not it's not done in a silly way it just looks like he's there um but this is this is a little bit more of a serious situation than most americans would probably know because they don't play this kind of shit in saudi arabia so that you don't disrespect a king even if it's a former king or whatever i don't know if this is the current king because this was signed in 45 but um it's it i i'm worried that someone's going to get thrown in prison for this right cuz this isn't an accident no one accidentally put this photo in the book <laughs> let's keep it right. real it's fucking yoda okay you, you no one looks like yoda <laughs> you know what you was doing i don't know my uncle you know, kinda, so... but the ears weren't quite as <laughs> so yeah um yeah, somebody's go, somebody's going to jail for that. If they find out who it is, somebody's getting caught up because they, they don't play. Nope. Like so, um, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, I've said that a lot this podcast. We'll, we'll see, see what, what happens. happens. It should be the title of it. You sound like Trump. You know? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> well, Whatever. I have a great plan, but we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see what happens. 
All right. So I guess I'm gonna read uh, it. I'm gonna wraps read it. it up for us, huh? Yeah. I'm sorry. I was yawning. It's a little late. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is it for the episode, ladies and germs. Uh, please rate and review the show on iTunes or any other source that has a rate and review system. Um, it, it helps us out, of course. Uh, if you want to catch any of our back catalog, definitely find us on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music, um, as well as our website, thebasicbeaks.com. If you want to suggest stories for the show, you can share them on our Facebook and Google Plus pages. Uh, other social media sites that we're involved with are Twitter and Instagram, both under uh, the same name, The Lazy Geeks, which is one word. Um, if you want to give us any feedback, which we always love, lazygeeks.com of course or you can send us an email at thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com and you can find me on the interwebs on twitter at a middle-aged geek in instagram middle-aged underscore geek and you can check out my other show every wednesday the extended play movie podcast this week's movie is the rock you'll be, be hearing some sean connery impressions over there Ooh. yeah Ooh. Uh, you can you can got a half chub going on now <laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can uh, grab it on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music, and hopefully by the end of the week, we'll also be on iHeartRadio. Uh, we we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash the middle age geek, and you can, as well as Google Plus, and you can check out this and more out at the middle geek.com. And you can find me on Twitter at sapientlg. All right, and uh, and to be sure to tune in on Friday for our new away team episode. This week, it's data catfishing, otherwise known as pen pals. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that is it for us this week. So until Tuesday of next week, peace out. <laughs>